0: Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Tuesday, the 21st of June. I can't believe we're racing so fast through this month. Seriously, I had a stiffness come on me. I walked through there. There's something to the matter. My left leg has now decided to start playing. I walked the other day and I thought, this is not right, is it? You know where the back of your leg starts aching a little bit? And although perhaps I need a little bit of that, um, you can go in for sports physio or that kind of thing because it's happened a couple of times now it's almost bizarre anyway um david cameron's migration deception i feared the lies would kill me says cliff uh as you know uh cliff and i are going to meet very very shortly uh because he was not sleeping at all well during this two years and he discovered lbc and so we're going to be reunited very soon I can't tell you where, and I can't tell you when. Uh, at the moment, he's, uh, he's disappeared. He's gone off. I think he's uh, taking a short break. The interview with Gloria Hunniford was recorded the other day and will be transmitted tomorrow. And the Daily Mail interview is in the Daily Mail today. Plus, a lot of papers have obviously had access to the Gloria Hunniford interview, and they've been able to see bits of it. And so they've, uh, they've uh, actually started putting that out today. So, in fact, Cliff gets lots and lots of coverage. It doesn't make pleasant reading. It doesn't make pleasant reading. He's he's angry at the police. He's angry at the BBC, as you can well imagine. Who who behaved, as far as I could see, absolutely disgracefully. Somebody obviously gave them a tip off from the South Yorkshire Police, who appear to be the most inept inept group of police officers. It's ever been my misfortune to report about on the programme. Seriously bad, seriously bad. One person tried to blackmail Cliff, and then they they went for his you know accusation that Cliff had tried to uh, had tried to abuse him, which of course was a load of old codswallop. In fact, out of the nine charges, five were dismissed almost immediately. There was no evidence to suggest anything had ever happened at all. But for two years, he had to put up with this garbage. And you can imagine, he talks about it in the uh, in the Daily Mail interview today, which you'll read later on. I'll go through some of it a bit uh, for you. And then you'll see him talking to Gloria Hunniford tomorrow. Uh, I mean, it's, it's grim reading because it can happen to just about anybody. Happen to just about anybody. He knew nothing about it. He said what was upsetting... Uh, in one particular uh, piece that he talked about, was the, uh, the the police raiding his home and the BBC cameras going inside his flat. Going inside his flat, honestly. Who in God's name do they think they are at the BBC? Uh, you know, whether or not he decides to sue uh, remains to be seen, remains to be seen. But as I say, at the moment, he's sort of gone away for a few days' rest and then I think I'm going to catch up with him in about a week and a half's time. So because he was waking up at these odd hours in the morning and, you know, when you're there and you've got nobody else to pick up the phone to at stupid o'clock in the morning, he thought, you know, flick around the dial and flicking around the dial, he found this programme and that kind of got him through because it made him feel that, you know, there were worse things out there, you know, like celebrity reality shows, but uh, if it helped in any way, shape or form. Uh, we'll be able to tell you about that in uh, in a few weeks' time. So it's nice to be company this morning. I trust you are well. The heavens opened yesterday. It was delightful. It tipped it down, as indeed we predicted. Although we shouldn't have worried about it, because traditionally this time of year is particularly bad for the rain. And so you just have to put up with it. Uh, there's also uh, some fans rallying, 9,000 saddos rallying to get some old has-been, her Miss Great Britain title again, because she had sex on television. I'm sorry, if we wanted Tramp Island, we'd have booked her for it immediately. And if ever they do another Tramp programme. Somebody said, oh, you know, everybody makes one mistake, like she was a child or something. There is a picture as well in the paper today, and it grieves me to tell you this, of one of the 12-year-olds who took the ecstasy tablet. Well, dear God in heaven, I mean, she's a 12-year-old with shaped eyebrows. Um, She doesn't look 12 at all. I mean, I'd, I'd be surprised if she, I mean, I don't know how tall she is, but looking at the facial picture of her, she's a very old 12. Not that that excuses it in any way, shape or form, but it's a case of, you know, 12 years old. Obviously, somebody's released a picture to the paper, and I'm assuming it's, um, it'll be somebody like the parents. Can't think of anybody else who'd have it, can you? Uh, also, there's an explicit sex tape showing Big Brother's Laura Carter romping with a Premier League footballer. Oh, my God, she's turned out to be the uh, harridan from hell, hasn't she, really? This is the... Uh, they, they they say the raunchy video is so hot, it's attracted a £10,000 bid. Obviously, it's not that hot. £10,000 is cheap chicken feed. But there again, look at the scrawny old bag. And you think her claim to fame is she had a threesome, she claims, with Justin Bieber. And now she's romped with a premiership footballer. That Like, that was anything to boast about. Seriously? You've had sex with a footballer? No kidding. Good Lord. Steps back in amazement, falls off edge of cliff. You know, I can't believe it. A premiership footballer. What, one of those really intelligent people who hangs around the nightclub looking for old tarts like you? Go, blimey, dear. And luckily you put out. Oh, that was lucky, wasn't it? That was very lucky. Uh, England's stripping. A lot of people wearing these mankinis nowadays. I know you don't have one. I am just happen to be looking that way. I'm looking... I'm not looking at you. I'm looking blankly through the glass. You know, it's almost like, you know, I'm looking right through you because you're so transparent. And uh, so, oh, I've never had a mankini, Steve. We're getting all that baloney at the moment. I wouldn't put a mankini on if you paid me. Don't look like that. Don't look so incredulous. Goodness sake. Uh, there's also a picture, I don't know why, of Tom Hiddleston in a pair of hideous white boxers. I say hideous white boxers and they say uh, this is a treat for his fans. I mean, I can't imagine why this is a treat for the fans. I mean, I don't think he's got anything down there that nobody else has got unless he's got three willies or something that he's hiding away. It's uh, it's all a bit embarrassing, really. It's a little bit sexist. little bit sexist. Uh, Hollywood hard man Vinnie Jones has lost £100,000 from lending money to so-called pals. I wasn't aware he had £100,000, actually, let alone any pals. I find that, finally, a little bit more disbelieving. Uh, then he goes, where's this? Is this Glastonbury? Oh, of course, Glastonbury rained off again. And uh, Emily and Michael Evis down there. But it's always messy, isn't it, at Glastonbury? You wouldn't get me going. I'm not remote. I just see it as a, a... Oh, sorry, as a jolly for the BBC. You know, where they drag out all their has-been presenters... And, uh, and they go, oh, look, this is it, and they all sit there. Who they they put on it? I can't remember. There's so many sort of weird presenters at the BBC who aren't actually that good. In fact, the worst one would have to be Dermot O'Dreary. I don't think he's ever had a programme that's rated yet. It's really quite worrying. Uh, I can't sleep in Harrogate, says Warren. <laughs> he's enjoying the Northerners and their hospitality. He phoned me from, from Harrogate the other day, and I said, oh, Betty's of Harrogate. And he said, how do you know Betty's of Harrogate? I said, it's famous. It's really famous. It's a tea shop. And uh polite company goes there to have afternoon tea and biscuits and little cakes and things like that. They also do mince pies at Christmas. They always get rated because Betty's of Harrogate. I'm not sure if there ever was anybody called Betty. I'm sure there would have been. And uh, what else is? What have we got to look forward to? Oh, yes. Today's the first day that the producer will be doing the new podcast. OK. So expect disasters. Because uh, he, he it's a new new podcast. You've been told how to do it, haven't you? Yeah, I know. I'm not worrying. Seriously, I'm not worrying. You should be worrying. I'm not worrying at all. I never worry about it. I don't understand the podcasting system. But this is the new tighter version. You like that, don't you? You like the tighter version. Because it means that we take out all the little clips and all the little bits and pieces. That's the theory. You won't really you hear it. <laughs> it's going yeah, to be great, isn't it? I'm really looking forward to watching you do it. Because I'm going to sit behind you and watch. <laughs> oh, God, oh dear. Make me... Yeah, it is. It's sort of a threat, yes, yeah, almost. Thinly veiled. <laughs> so more on the sex tape showing Big Brother's Laura Carter, here and afterwards known as that tramp on the television. What is it with people who want to go on television nowadays? I mean, it is like bringing out your hooker, isn't it? You know, here are some women, and they've got the word easy stamped all over them. They say the model. What sort of model is she? No, she doesn't model at all. I like her. She also bedded Marco Pierre White Jr. I wouldn't really call that a recommendation. He's as stupid as they come. In fact, everybody has said exactly the same. Even Nicky Graham from Big Brother said he's talentless, he's useless, he's disgusting, he's revolting. Uh, but he's not a millionaire, Nicky. I've put you right on that one. In fact, he's broke. You know, being the stupid man that we all thought he was in the in the first place... You know, out he comes. First one kicked out of the house. I don't care, he goes. I don't care. And we're looking at the fact that we don't care about you either. You've got no friends. You're a complete plank. Your mother doesn't like you and is worried about you. I don't know why, actually. Why anybody be worried about a stupid little boy like you? I can't imagine. Um, So uh, uh, Warren said, it's next to Primark, Betty's. He says, uh, even in the poshest places up north, there's a Primark. I think there should be, actually. I think Primark should be. I did go in one once. I found it quite scary. Quite scary. Lots of people rushing around with baskets and trying to sort of, you know, get as many items in the basket as they possibly could. Because it's cheap. And people like cheap clothing, don't they? Do you know, this morning, I'm going to be doing the toilet every five minutes. I've just got this feeling, because I'm drinking. I'm very thirsty this morning. Very thirsty. So I've got my nice cup of coffee, second one today, and I've got a bottle of water, which I've just filled up from our tap, which is now. Because our taps dispense boiling hot water or ice cold water, and I haven't... Uh-huh. Oh, it's delicious. Ice-cold water, freshly filtered from our taps. Gosh, we're so lucky, honestly. Uh, I see that Ofcom are going to be probing Harvey in the nicest possible way. This is, uh, uh, this is Katie Price's son. He swore on television. Um, Harvey has been the target of online abuse. Katie asks him, and it was quite clearly prompted, you know, what, uh, if somebody says something horrible to Harvey, what does Harvey say? And she's taught him to use the C word. I mean, that's how, that's how tacky and disgusting this family really is. You know, and they're saying, oh, he's, he's a boy with all these illnesses and all the rest of it. He thought, no, he hasn't got Tourette's. He shouldn't be swearing at 14 years old. She should be teaching him, you know, not to swear. But as I should imagine, she probably uses the word quite freely around the house. Expect to hear it from the other two children as well. Quite disgusting. And so, quite rightly, people complain to Ofcom, saying you can't have language like that. A bit like me coming on air and swearing. Sorry, I have done a few times. I've used the words... Peter Andre, I've used the word, sorry, I know, we have to say it in hushed tones, Kerry Katona, I'm sorry, about, you know, and Katie Price, all pretty disgusting words to use in everyday parlance, but that's what you get on this programme, we don't mess around, I'm not here to sort of be PC, I'm not here to be politically correct, I'm not here basically to uh, to win over anybody, I've been doing it far too long now to win people over, you're on my side, as we know, and we take all your texts and emails, 84850steve at lbc.co.uk, why? Because we L-O-V-E-U. It's as simple as that. M I C K E Y M O U S A. Oh, wrong club. And uh, thought I was at Disney then. I haven't been to Disney for ages. I quite like to, to quite like to go back to Disney. I did a documentary on them ages ago, and I loved it. I thought it was really good fun. Uh, but of course, they all turned up. Uh, all the all the Disney executives when I did a documentary, and it was just me and a microphone. And a little tiny cassette recorder. It was like, you know, we just sat on a bench outside the Magic Kingdom. It was glorious, it really was. We got fast tracked on all the rides, we got taken onto everything, and uh, they showed us, you know, where the new rides were being built and who was going to feature in it. And then we had to listen to It's a Small World, and in... oh, God. To shop those characters straight away—they were the worst ones. But being fast-tracked was great. I loved it. I thought Disney was great. I bought into the whole concept. I didn't actually go around with Mickey Mouse ears, but I—I uh, I did all but. Can anybody tell me whatever happened to Handy Andy? Do you remember when they used to have this DIY program on the television? Handy Andy cropped up because he was like uh, you know a little sort of uh, uh, Essex boy, right? I did this chicken out and all the rest of it. Then it turned out he had a little bit of history reason he was handy is because he lived around the corner from where he uh, where he went on a, a little bit of a a raid. Let's put it that way. And uh, handy and his career collapsed overnight. And I just wondered what happened to him now. Where he where he'd gone to. I might have to check him out actually on the internet. If I can manage to get round to it this morning. Uh, plus we've got uh, we've got uh, what was the other show that's just been? There's another show that's just been pulled on the television. I can't remember. There's all sorts of shows which are dying at the moment. Oh. Top gear, or flop gear as it's called. Lowest ever ratings now. Lowest ever ratings. It's not good, is it? Uh, I can get the time right, just about. Sixteen minutes past four. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Uh, Sunita had fruit thrown at her. Her cooking was so bad, apparently. John Tarod and Greg Wallace threw fruit at her. She uh, decided to brave the BBC cookery show, having turned it down for several years. But, of course, she can't cook. You know, the whole idea is about doing the cookery show is that you might be able to... Uh, cook. Uh, here she is again. This is uh, little old has been uh, Zara Holland. Zara Holland was the uh, as the uh, the easy girl on the island. She decided to have sex on television, and she's lost her Miss Great Britain title. So just to emphasise the fact that she really is an old tart, uh, the Daily Star have done a two page spread of her wearing nothing, and then her wearing a basque. It's all it's all basically to sell to sell the the image that she's a sex symbol. But the trouble is, it doesn't work anymore. Years ago, this might have worked. You know, the, 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 the more uh, that people didn't put on display, the more sexy you became. So Marilyn Monroe became a sex symbol. Zara Holland just emerges as an old tramp. I mean, seriously, she can pick up all things like this, any blooming club, any night of the week. They're all hanging around wearing practically next to nothing. And so, uh, quite rightly, she was stripped of the title. It's a, it's a competition to find Miss Great Britain. Not who's going to have sex first on an island. But, um, she's that desperate, and quite clearly she is that desperate. Her mother's now gone ill. You thought, actually, I don't know where the father is. I don't know whether she's got a father. I don't know whether he was around. I don't know anything about that. But she left the island because, because her, um, her mother became ill. And I thought, well, I mean, is it just a cold? Is it a sniffle? Was it something more serious? I'm surprised you've given up your career of having sex with strangers on an island. So quickly, dear, but never mind, I'm sure there's loads of phone boxes where you are and you could just advertise your services. It does seem a bit bad to me in this day and age that the... uh the sort of people who appear on television now, will go that one step further, or in her case, about two steps further, as she slips beneath the sheets. Normally it's beneath the waves, but she slips beneath the sheets to have sex with somebody. I just don't, I don't quite understand how people seem to think that that is a career move. I, I mean, I really don't understand it. It's <laughs> just, just beggar's belief, doesn't it? Funny you should mention about your leg hurting. I recently started on metformin type 2. It's affected the back of my knees. My feet feel like they're lead weights now. I'm trying to lose weight to reverse it. Ah. He said, did you show the producer the Aussie food label pictures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I did show them to him. What is that? Oh, it's a stapler. On what on earth it was, actually. From where I was sitting, it looked completely different. What? (laughs) He's so funny. Nobody understands a word he's saying. Every time he says something, he has to carry around a little wet whiteboard. And so he says it in sort of... Aussie English. And then he has to write it in English and hold it up. So we go, oh, right, so of course it takes forever to have a conversation. Because to be honest with you, I can't be bothered to do the same thing. But he's with us this morning and, uh, and I'm sure we're going to have a lot of fun, ladies and gentlemen. Mainly at his expense. Because it's nice. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm never happiest than when I'm picking on somebody. Seriously, I derive great pleasure out of other people's misery. Don't ask me why. I've got no idea. It just makes me happy. It, uh, it really does. I, I, can, I can take great delight at him because... He, he takes it all in good fun, mainly because he doesn't understand what I'm saying, because I speak fairly quickly, and where he comes from, people kind of sort of drag out the conversation, and it's a bit like that. He's a, he's a bit remedial, as indeed are so many Australians. But, uh, no, he seems to enjoy it over here. He doesn't enjoy the weather, because it's not blazing hot sunshine. And my friend Ian, over in uh, Vegas, 122 the other day. 100 and, Well, I'd have, I wouldn't have gone out. I'm drinking loads of water over here this morning. And to be honest with you, I could, literally, I, could, I could lie under a cold water tap and just drink cold water. You can imagine when there was a story in the paper the other day, and it seems horrendous, and I'm sorry to mention it, but it was a lady who died in hospital because they wouldn't give her any water to drink. And she died um, because of no water. The reason they wouldn't give her any water is they were worried she was going to wet the bed. I mean, you do ask yourself whether or not we've gone mad. But, uh, but this is what happens to me you drink loads of cold water in the morning. Imagine if you were stuck sort of on a desert island and there was no water. I mean, obviously, apart from sea water, but you can't really drink seawater. You'd have to boil it. And even then, I'm not sure if it. you'd have to buy water-purifying tablets and that sort of thing. But, you know, how we exist without water, I've got no idea. We use it for everything. And I absolutely adore it. I seriously do it. And this morning, I've gone mad for the, for the cold water. Mad. So... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember... There was a, a rather cruel joke played on a television programme once. It was some kids who went out and they were watching a brass band playing on a bandstand. And it was boiling hot day. And so what they did, they went and got some lemons. And they started sucking lemons in full view. And one by one, the band members just, just gave up. Bit by bit. Oh, sorry, Ian's in Phoenix. Not Vegas. V- uh, Vegas is where we're going to meet you to get me my Tommy Bahamas shirts. So he's in Phoenix, I do beg your pardon. Phoenix, Arizona. And Las Vegas is in... Ari- is Las Vegas in Arizona? I'm not really, isn't it funny how quickly you can get a reply back on television? When you think that was sent from Phoenix and it literally arrived here in seconds. I mean, how, how brilliant is modern technology, ladies and gentlemen? How brilliant is it? Uh, what would you do if you were on a plane and one of the passengers died? That's what happened to some passengers on a, a holiday flight coming back. And uh, and a 71-year-old man just dropped dead in his seat. You read about these things happening. And uh, we all dread it, don't we? I know I do. I'm constantly thinking about it. There was a couple on one of these holiday programmes, and uh, he was 77, 76. She was about the same sort of age. And they said, do you think about dying? He said, all the time, all the time. (laughs) I said, me too. Uh, Also, punters are saying no, nay, to Katie's Pony Club. It's a simpler... Oh, Las Vegas is in Nevada, God, you've really got it in for me this morning, haven't you? But it's only a four-hour drive from where Ian is, so he's in he's in Phoenix, and then Las Vegas is in Nevada. That's right, Lost Wages, Nevada, which is good. So, um, Katie's Pony Club is some dreadful reality show featuring the boringly tedious Katie, monotone voice... A whole new world—that one, you know, the one who can't sing, the one who married Peter Andre, and yet he sweated more through his makeup than she did. It was all a bit embarrassing, and uh, her life has just been one source of embarrassment—one man after another. You know, she's practically three by three at the moment. Uh, she had the, the latest one, Kieran. I think she's got a little child with Kieran because she has them with all of them, and eventually she will dump him because uh, he'll he'll be wanting to find somebody just a bit more interesting. As indeed he found before, two of her friends were far more interesting. And so uh, they're trying to get people to go to watch the final of some, you know, pony club thing, and nobody's interested. I mean, really, she's so, like, three years ago. She's not even at present day. Nobody's interested in her. She was a has-been years ago. She's not, she's not modelled properly for ages. She's far too old. She's far too unattractive. And, as I say, she's only clinging on to Kieran because she can't find anybody else. And, uh, as I say, we're all just counting off the days on an advent calendar. It's very funny. But uh, they can't get people to go to this thing, so they're offering free tickets to the X Factor Final as an incentive. If you go and see Jordan's thing, but all the people you see on the television uh, will be there because they've got X Factor Final tickets. That's the incentive. That's the incentive. And that's why it's, uh, that's why it's good. Uh, 84850, cblbc.co.uk. Will Will Cliff sing at, uh, at Wimbledon? Shouldn't think so. It's a BBC event. I don't think it'll have anything to do with the BBC. Ever again. Ever again. The organisation that brought you Jimmy Savile, Rolf Harris... There's a whole cast list, isn't there, ladies and gentlemen, of uh, all the people who work for the BBC. But they knew nothing. They knew nothing about it at all. Unbelievable. Those who are so blind, they cannot see. And uh, as Cliff was stitched up rightly by them, rightly or wrongly, sorry, and uh, quite rightly, he doesn't want anything to do with them, which uh, which I think everybody understands. Uh, weather for today, do you want to know? Dry. Sunny spells... However, the slim chance for a few light showers this afternoon. And then tonight, the cloud will increase throughout the night, bringing outbreaks of light rain or drizzle. Wednesday, wet start gradually becoming dry and brighter, with a chance for a few thunderstorms. I've got a parcel from America. I'm so excited. And I've got a parcel downstairs. I've got an Amazon parcel downstairs. I should have about three or four Amazon parcels turning up over the next uh, week or so. And I've got one from America, which I'm very much looking forward to collecting, but I've got to pay duty of £11 something, so I shall nip up and get that today. And, um... And just have a nice day. I'm just looking forward to having a nice day today. Uh, I've got Warwick Davis to do this morning. He's doing my friend Chris's programme. And then he's going to whisk in here. and do. We're going to run that this weekend. And I think this weekend for In Conversation is going to be Warwick Davis and I think Ray Liotta. I think we're going to run Ray Liotta this weekend. You'll love it. You'll love both. Well, I say you'll love both interviews. We haven't done Warwick Davis yet, but we did him before and he was excellent. Excellent. Very thirsty this morning. This is diabetes. It does go through fits and starts where you just get terribly thirsty. And then other times, I've got friends of mine. I went out for lunch with a friend of mine who went to the toilet three times during dinner. Whereas I didn't go once until the end, which I thought was, uh, I thought was actually quite good of me. It's, and yet other times, I'm the first one rushing for the loo, saying, I've just got to go to the loo. <laughs> can't, can't hold it anymore. Can't hold it anymore. Uh, Hassan says, take cover from the sun. And I I didn't lose any money on the football. I had a bet with a friend of mine, two friends of mine, Paul Cooper and uh, Anthony. And I said it was going to be 3-1, the score. What was it? 0-0. 0-0. So uh, we don't lose uh, everything. Uh, Apparently, says Helen, Zara Holland's mum, Cheryl, is an antiques dealer on Real Deal. Really? Wow. Claude. Uh, A birthday today, says Lisa. Love your show. Katie Price shouldn't be on television, full stop. No. And certainly shouldn't have her... 14-year-old son coming up with filth like that. I mean, really. That's why that woman would never feature on any of my programmes. I'm not really interested in uh, in what illnesses Harvey's got. I just don't want to see a child of 14 coming up with that sort of language. It's just not right. I mean, what a... what a, oh, Dear, ghastly person. Apparently they do lovely buns at Betty's called Fat Rascals. Fat Rascals. Ooh, that sounds quite nice. I tell you what I do like. I like a Chelsea bun. We used to unravel them at school. And a Chelsea bun was great. And what do I like now? If I was going to have a, a Eccles cakes, I like Eccles cakes. They're they're actually quite nice. And, uh, and what else? Nothing but cream horns. I like cream horns. They're quite. Have you have do you have cream horns in Australia? No, you don't know what they are, do you? They have Lamingtons which uh, which sound like baby lambs with a bit of pastry wrapped around them, but they're not. They're little sort of sponge things, which uh, the Australians go gaga for. They don't really go in for much sort of sweetie stuff, really. They do sweets, but they don't do sort of, you know, proper cakes or anything like that. Or, you know, do you do cream slices? No. You do tim tabs, like penguin bars, Oh, right, riveting. See? That's how dull they are. That's the highlight. And as he was saying, he's smiling. Like, it brought back such great memories of sort of childhood and sitting around and saying, uh, Mum, have we got any Tim Tams in the cupboard? You know, kind of thing. And Mum goes, I'll find out for a moment. Little sprocket you. And, uh, and here we are, sir. For tea, we're going to have lamingtons again. The umpteenth time. And uh, your father's lighting the barbie outside. ably assisted by your grandmother, your grandfather, your three cousins, twice removed, and some woman next door that your father had an affair with back in 1960. (laughs) That's how it works over there. I love it. That's why I don't want to go. I'd be killed. I'd be landing at the airport. There'd be a a contract out on me in about five minutes. No, I would. There's nothing that appeals to me about there because most of them are over here. So you can see what you're going to get before you've left here. You know, I've seen the Sydney Opera House. I know what it looks like. I've seen the uh, the uh, the bridge that they've got over the Sydney Harbour. The have I seen the nudes? Oh, the news. No, what are the news? The news. What is the news? What is the news? Is this it here? What what is it? Oh right, good. To... Oh sorry, the news. Oh right. <laughs> so late. I get worse. I don't care. I'm getting later and later. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Tuesday morning, 21st of June, 2016. Whoopee, as they say. Somebody said, when my blood sugars are high, I get very thirsty. (coughs) I'm extraordinarily thirsty this morning. And I've had two cups of coffee. I've just drunk a complete bottle of water. So whether we make it to five o'clock remains to be seen. You watch, this will be the bit of the programme that really drags. Whereas yesterday, the producer Chris said, God, he said the programme is whizzing through this morning. But of course, today, you watch, it'll go really, really slowly. Really slowly. I'll be going, oh, do we have a long ad break coming up very shortly? Um, so there's a fourth woman come forward to say that she was sexually assaulted by Clement Freud. So we start with two. Then we've got a third one. Now there's a fourth one. Now, all of these have to be... Uh, investigated thoroughly. Uh, it doesn't actually make any difference because he's dead. I don't really know. I was saying earlier on to some people out in the newsroom uh, on how it works with Jimmy Savile, because most most of that money that Jimmy Savile left must have been swallowed up in legal fees by now, surely, unless it's just gone gone quiet and nobody's bothering with it anymore. It does seem does seem quite ridiculous, doesn't it, that we're still waiting for this after all this time and uh, nothing nothing appears to be done. Um Jim says, Are you sure you're right up there? I've never known you drink so much water. I have actually um I have actually drunk loads of water before. It's nothing unusual for me to drink a lot of water. And then somebody says, How come your producer doesn't come in and clock you one? Because he'd be fired, Nicola. Because he'd be thrown out of the building. I said in in the in the let me just explain to you, in the world of radio, the presenter is God. Okay, there is God. And then there is a long drop off the edge of the mountain and then there's a producer. OK, but the, but the, but the presenter is God. You know, if it had his name over the programme, things would be different. But it doesn't have his name anywhere on the programme at all, apart from emails that he would send out, which might have, you know, his name and then, you know, producer two and he might list all the programmes. You know, it's what some people do. You don't. Do, well, very, very wisely, you don't do that. No, he does. He doesn't want the recognition. He's too embarrassed because he's told his parents he's got a job in Harrods working on the makeup counter, and they seem fairly impressed with that. You know, our boys finally made it to the makeup counter. You know, it's one up from Boots, so they're very excited. He used to do the number seven range. Now he does all the top stuff. Uh, if they knew that he worked in radio. Huh? God, there'd be such a shenanigans going on. Back home, there'd be sort of they'd have to move addresses in the middle of night. Be, oh, people would pour scorn on them. Your son works in what? In radio? God, oh dear, oh, they'd hate something like that. No, you've got to get a proper butch job. You know, like spraying perfume into the air and going, would you like a test? Psst, mace? You know, that kind of stuff. That's what's what people want nowadays. They want something interesting. To work in radio? Oh, Lord, no. No, but that's how it works, Nicola. The, the, the presenter, the person whose name fronts it, is God. You know, if I put it this way, I'll show you how powerful radio presenters are. If you don't want to work with somebody, you don't work with them. It's as sim- simple as that. I mean, I'm tolerating him. You know, because I feel a, an element of sympathy towards him. You know, it's not his fault that God didn't bless him with looks. And, you know, it's a case of, you know, we just have to look out for him, make sure he's OK, we buy him a little bit of fruit, something like that. He's a, we sort of do colouring, you know, we wave a bit of red cloth in front of him because he likes colour and movement. He's very good with things like that. Occasionally I talk about things back home, you know, Cookaburra sits in the old car you know, stuff like that. And he sort of gets excited about home. You can see him salivating, you know, and then he gets a bit teary and I, I sort of go, you know... Perhaps maybe today you should phone phone your folks at home. You know, just let them know you're still okay, still working in the makeup counter at Harrods. You know, and so and that's it. That's what we do. But uh, presenters are God, Nicola, as you will discover <laughs> if ever you make it into the dizzy heights of radio. Eight four eight five zero. Stephen dot I will run through the papers this morning. Uh, is it true that the new Top Gear is considered to be axed? Never. Absolutely not. Of course they wouldn't ax It's the BBC. They've not spent £650,000 of your money on every episode of that show to have it axed. Why would they ax it? Good God, no. It'll run its course and it'll probably go for another series. Whether it goes to a third series, I don't know. But it'll definitely go for another series. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes, without a shadow of it. I'd put money on that one. I don't think they would ever do it. Why would you want to to waste money? You've wasted so much money and it's been a disaster. You're not going to waste any more by axing it and still having to pay people because they're on contract. You know, it's like like on this programme, I'm on a contract for this uh, this programme and uh, we've got ages to run. Ages to run yet. Believe me, ages to run. And uh, I know it seems like a long time. Even this morning, it seems like a long time. Uh, What else we got? Uh, Katie Moss, Kate Moss, says she wouldn't love to, says she would love to open a nightclub in London. Oh, right. She's 42. She said, I used to go dancing a lot when I was younger, and so she thinks opening a nightclub is uh, is easy. I personally don't think a nightclub is easy by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's uh, a very, very difficult thing to open and to get the right sort of people in it. Because she's Kate Moss, she will probably get people to go in. But there again, if it's too expensive, people won't bother going there again. It'll attract all the wrong sort of people. You know, the z footballers who'll turn up, the, uh, the the poor girls who go out there hoping to snare a premiership footballer so they can have free champagne all night. That's what it comes down to. It doesn't come down to anything else at all. Uh, also, they've got a picture of Angelina Jolie. We seem to like her in this country. I don't quite know why. I can't stand her. I really can't stand her. I'm not remotely interested in anything she does. But um, uh, she takes her seven year old son, Knox, to see one of the um, most successful musicals ever staged on Broadway. So her son is called Knox. They've all got unusual names, haven't they? I think Angelina Jolie's children, of which she has lots, uh, all have unusual names, very, very unusual names. Uh, extras in films, size 12. Scousers cannot be extras uh, in a new film if they're bigger than a size 12. They want volunteers to film in Liverpool and wannabes are furious after the strict size limit for women to take part was set at 12, especially as the national average is 14. You know, I never knew that. Know, but that's what they're looking for. There's no point in having fat blobs, is it? They don't want fat blobs there. They want people who are a size 12 because presumably they've got costumes for a, a size 12 and that's, uh, and that's how it turns out. A lot of people writing to the Daily Star about Kim Marsh, complaining about this sex tape which has been offered for sale to a newspaper uh, of Kim Marsh performing an act on somebody and then various other shots as well. And I said, you know, she said, I don't know where this came from. I thought, well, how do you not know that somebody's filming you? I mean, you must be really stupid. I mean, unless, of course, it's all done deliberately. But somebody wrote in called Brian and says, Kim Marsh, why? If you've been filmed doing something dirty, serves you right if it gets out. Learn from others who did the same. Well, she's probably suffering from a dearth of publicity and they probably said to her, have you got any sex tapes? You know, that's that's what people seem to ask nowadays. They want to know if people have got something like that because that then gets you into the papers. Then she can act all outraged and go, "Oh, it's awful! It's awful! It's awful!" You know, for uh, for somebody to make one of these tapes, and I'm shocked and I'm horrified and that kind of thing. You think, well, you made it, dear. You know, it's not like they brought in a lookalike. You made the thing. You've got to, you've got to, you know, if you've if you've if you've made something like that, expect people to want to see it. I can't imagine why. Although actually, I've said to you before, she was a very good interview for in conversation. And um, I'm generally aware of the fact that people know exactly who I am. They don't agree to come in for an interview unless they know exactly, you know, who I am and what the uh, and what the routine is. That's what I, I like to explain it to them. But she was very good. She was very, very good. I just think, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit off when somebody makes a tape like this. I mean, she might not have known too much about it, but surely if somebody's holding a, it must have been a phone, mustn't it? You know, you would just know about these things. Cliff Richards, um, after the. Uh, the the false sex claims were made. Um, he said it left him lying on the floor in tears. He suffered two years of hell. He couldn't quite understand why anybody would ever want to make up things about him. Uh, this interview, to be aired on an hour-long edition of ITV's Loose Women Tomorrow, will reveal the full painful details of the torment. You know, he was one of our, and is still one of our most beloved, uh, male singing stars. He made films... He sang at Wimbledon, we know, and people said we wish he hadn't, but he did. He just performs. He's had a he's had a very public life. He's brought out his wine, his perfume, which I think is called Miss Unites. He's had loads of hit singles. The films, I thought, were fantastic. I thought they were of their, their period and they were lovely. And then this comes along. Somebody makes up false claims about Cliff Richard. They've already tried to blackmail him once and that didn't work. So they then make up these claims and the police interviewed them and based on that... And, uh, and a couple of other things, which, of course, were absolutely ridiculous. Why Cliff Richard would ever go to a, um, a revivalist Christian meeting and molest somebody is just to, apparently he brushed past this person uh, going to his seat in the road. This was, this was years ago. Seriously, years ago. So he's had two years of, uh, of utter hell. I know for a fact, and uh, he'll, he'll probably tell you himself, that he ended up tuning into this programme to try and get him through because he was awake at stupid o'clock in the morning, because if you can't sleep, your mind's in turmoil, you're you're depressed, you don't know what it is, you lie on the floor, as he said. He said, I was crying, and I thought, how do I get out of this hole? And, uh, you know, when somebody makes something up about you, you then have to do your damnedest. But then the BBC jumped on the bandwagon, and I want to know who it was who made that decision to take the helicopter up there, because frankly, an absolute disgrace. He's thinking of suing. He hasn't quite decided yet. The lawyers are looking at it and it depends whether he, he sues the BBC for an invasion. I don't know. I don't know what the charge would be. I'm not uh, not well versed in that sort of thing. Either way, I shouldn't imagine he ever wants to appear on anything on the BBC ever again. Pure pure filth in the in the newsroom. How they can ever live with themselves, I've got no idea. But they've done things like that before. So we just have to sit back and we have to wait and watch. And he's going to get it all off his chest and he's uh, he's also told the Daily Mail. So there's a two, three-page article in the Daily Mail today with Cliff opening his heart up and he's done it with Gloria Hunniford. That will be aired tomorrow on, uh, on Loose Women as part of it as well. So more on that a little bit later on. I mean, it's the torment and the fact that nobody told him anything. He sits there watching the television as the BBC helicopter shows people invading his flat. You know, I mean, really? you know This is not their brief as far as I know. And, uh, you know, no sort of apology. I mean, the police... We're an absolute disgrace. An absolute disgrace. I mean, small wonder that uh, that people start saying what's going on in the police force. It's you know they've they've got to be a little bit more accountable and uh, and to make sure that people don't uh, that don't get named when there's no charges against them. That's the ridiculous thing. Uh, Steve says Jan drinking so much. Check your blood. I can't check it today because I haven't got my uh, my machine with me. I've left it at home. Left it at home. Uh right, what have we got now? We've got uh, quarter to five. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a lovely picture in the paper today. It's a most unusual one. It's of a, a couple who were in a, um, a little aircraft and um, they were flying over... uh they flying over? Oh, that's right, the Serengeti in Africa. And, uh, unfortunately, a vulture uh, landed and hit the plane um i don't know how it hit the plane anyway whatever it was it did it some damage and uh they had to land the plane well you're in the middle of the serengeti to land a little light aircraft like this is fairly fairly dangerous because you stand a dreadful risk of being eaten by lions luckily they were okay and so the pilot managed to limp to an airfield with the dead birds stuck in the wing which was a bit bad, but uh, vulture. I mean, there are loads of vultures over there. If you come anywhere near a plane, you kind of expect it, don't you, really? Uh, 9,000 Brits now back uh, TV sex Zara. This is Zara Holland. She'll probably get her own reality show after this. You know, they'll probably go, oh, you're really interesting because you're cheap and tarty. Can we put you on a reality show? And so they'll be sort of going, oh, perhaps... I mean, they wouldn't put her on the Strictly Come Dancing programme. They've already signed up one person for Strictly Come Dancing. Uh, I think it's uh, Angelica Bell. I think... I'm pretty certain, pretty certain that Angelica Bell has been signed up for it. So we'll wait and see who the others are. It'll be a bunch of a bunch of people. I didn't even know. I thought the programme had finished. I really, I really didn't know that. I know that they've actually got rid of the uh, Dancing on Ice. That's sort of finished, so th- thank God for that, because they really had run out of people on that one. And um, and I suppose the, uh, the next thing to be axed will be Celebrity Big Brother, because they can't find any celebrities. Half the time it's got to be padded out with Americans. And uh, and they seem to be all interchangeable because if Nikki Graham has just come off, uh, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, Big Brother kind of thing. Canada, she's now known over in Canada, so they're obviously all interchangeable. They put different people on different programmes, so she's still making a making a good living, but doing it in a in another country. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at lbc dot co dot uk. Uh, another one here, very quickly, and uh, another one here. Uh, this is saying about uh, Cliff. Can't wait to read the story today. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, it's a very interesting read. Um, somebody else asking if Top Gear is going to be axed. Now, I repeat again, there is no chance that the BBC will ever ax a programme based on bad figures. They will keep it going for ever and a day. Because they'll be saying, we we will prove to you that this will get its figures, even though it's got now the lowest recorded figures of, of any time. Uh, they're not going to get rid of it. They've spent 650,000 an episode. That means that they would be admitting defeat. And they're not, even though Chris Evans can't afford any, any outfits and has worn the same outfit in episode one, two, three and four. But uh, these might be pieces filmed all on the same day. So using the same outfit. I don't know. I don't know how much is live and how much is Memorex. But uh, they say four shows in one outfit, which is the yellow T-shirt with the thing over the top. I mean, it's, it, you know, people have, have sort of mocked him. He may be worth 50 million, but he doesn't buy any clothes. But then people are like that, aren't they? People don't want to buy clothes or spend money on them all the time. I mean, I like, you know, buying... Shirts. I'm not really particularly big into buying trousers or anything like that, but shirts I can go and buy. I mean, I really need to clear out every so often the shirts, but I just uh, I just don't get round to it. I just don't get round to it. It's just it's a little bit difficult actually. Uh, Steve, tuning in late today, and uh, heard you talk about Cliff Richard. Will they name and shame the liars who made his life hell? No, because he doesn't know who they are. They don't. They don't tell him. They, you don't. You don't go into this sort of thing, and they say, oh, by the way, he just knows that one of them was a former blackmailer who they went to the police about. Uh, And then for some reason South Yorkshire Police, who must not be the full shilling, decide to listen to this man's garbling about the fact that he was assaulted, which of course turns out that he wasn't. There was no evidence to suggest that at all, but uh, he was an aggrieved person, but then it's now been proven he's got a mental illness. And of course it's quite easy for somebody with a mental illness to come out and say things, and the police go, we better investigate that. As if Cliff Richard, you know, I mean seriously you won't get anybody more squeaky clean than Cliff Richard. It's just, you know, that's, that's, that's what his whole image was. That's why, you know, people were so sort of shocked about it. I've heard other names of, uh, of, uh, of people, you know, in, in show business. Because the higher they are up the show business ladder, the more of a target somebody becomes. And especially if they've got money. Especially if they've got money. I mean, money is the, is the root of it all, isn't it? If somebody thinks that you can get somebody to cough up some money, otherwise you'll make up some story about them. You know, in many cases... They they might actually be tempted to pay a blackmailer, but uh, the advice would be not to do it. The advice would be to go straight to the police and report them. I mean, the people who made the false allegations should face the same sentence that Cliff would have faced. Yes, I mean, I you know, I mean, I quite like the idea that uh, they go. I'm sorry, but I think you've wasted police time. We're going to put you in court and find out why you made these lies up. Then just watch them collapse. Just watch them collapse. Maybe you know, perhaps they'll they'll think again about making up things about people because it completely ruined his life for 2 years. Why should somebody have to have their their life ruined because of some little lowlife who wants to make something up about somebody? I mean that's, you know, he was never charged with anything at all. He just had to sit there and wait, you know, and sort of and, and watch and see the the daily dissection that went on all the time of his career and everything else. I mean, absolutely atrocious. You know, even even other people who've been in court and been found innocent, it's, it's ruined their lives. It's cost them a small fortune to try and deal with things, you know, and to, and to pay for it. I mean, how many people have got savings? You know, if something dreadful happened to you, or you, or even you over there at the back listening this morning, you know, could you actually survive for the rest of your life on no income? Have got enough money in the bank to survive? No, most people haven't. Most people haven't, so that's why it just ruined your life. Paul Gambaccini wrote, wrote a book about it. One of the people in his case had only just walked past him in the street. Didn't even know who they were. No idea. And the book sort of lays bare, you know, exactly what sort of treatment you get. And the a- answer is you get pretty shoddy treatment. Pretty shoddy treatment. Uh, Shane Warne. He likes a bit of shoddy treatment, but like old Shaney. He's had his nails done, he's had his Botox and everything else. Uh, and we know he likes, um, he likes the ladies. And here he is. He's been smitten with a 20-something student. And uh, this is at... Um, uh, anyway, th- they've twice been pictured kissing in London. Uh, they got intimate near the fire exit of a Soho bar as they enjoyed a smoke together. So, two ashtrays. Must be lovely, mustn't it, really? Come here, let me kiss you. <sighs> Yeah, it must be really exciting. Oh, stop it. And so there's a picture, and they go, uh, he's smitten with her. She's uh, 20 years his junior. You watch. She's got the word desperate written all over her. She's got the word, I've managed to get somebody. And they've sent her. You've got Shane Warne. Sorry? Shane Warne. Yes! Yes! Can I sell the story? But uh, anyway, um, the cricket... Cricketer split him from Playboy model Emily Scott in September after dating for three months. So hardly really dating as it? it's just a casual few one night stands. And uh, so now he's got this one. He's 46, I think, and she's uh, about 20 years younger. But there's a few sort of pictures of her and uh, they say here that she's a she's a law student. That kind of gives her a bit of credibility. You know, if she'd just been a hostess, that wouldn't have been exciting, but she was uh, a law student, or she is a law student. My favourite story in the paper today, my favourite story, is uh, is a really lovely one, and it's the story of Rory Kettles. Rory Kettles is 11. He's got Down syndrome, and he goes to a normal school. The school is uh, Rawby St Mary's... Uh, C of E primary school near Scumthorpe in Lincolnshire. And they had their little sports day and they decided that Rory Kettles, 11, with Down syndrome, was going to get gold. And they, what they did, all the boys running in the race, the 100 metres, they linked arms and they let him win the race. And nobody in the school knew anything about it. They thought it all up by themselves. So they got a lovely picture. Michelle Drury, whose son Rio... Rio? Oh, God, they've got pretty weird names up there, haven't they? It says everyone was crying their eyes out. Rory's mum couldn't believe it, but the boys acted like it wasn't a big deal. So they all linked arms together and they let Rory Kettles win the race with Down syndrome. So he was ages away from them. I mean, isn't that just the best story ever? Isn't that just the story that gets you going, that is good? The school teachers didn't know anything about it, nobody knew anything about it. They just all decided that their mate, Rory, was gonna get gold with Down syndrome, isn't that just the best ever? I just absolutely love it. It was some, so emotional. Says the head teacher. She said, "I'm incredibly proud of them. I think you've got yourself a great school there, and I think you know for them to do that for him. So he got his gold medal." That was just absolutely amazing. So well done to everybody up there. You, you, get the, uh, you get the real big badge of honour today. You get the big clap on the back of the hand. And hopefully the cameras will go up probably from this morning to, uh, to talk to you today. I bet it's already been organised. That's the sort of thing they would go for, actually, on that. That is the sort of thing they, they would go for. They like that sort of story. It's a great story. Great, great story. I absolutely love it. Uh, and by contrast, I don't like this story. This is a, a heroic delivery man beaten to death by a hooded gang of evil cowards when he refused to abandon his friend to face them alone. This is Shane Tunney. Shane was set upon by seven thugs who beat him, stamped on him and kicked his head like a football. He died in hospital a month later. He came round only once after the brutal attack to tearfully squeeze his girlfriend's hand. Shane and Anthony Kirk were set upon after using a cash point in Stockton-on-Tees in June. He managed to flag down a taxi but refused to drive off whilst Anthony was still being attacked. He was hailed a hero by the police and his mother branded his killers evil cowards for hiding under their hoods. Shane's girlfriend described how he briefly rallied. She said, he locked eyes with me, he had tears rolling down his cheeks. Mum Jean says evil cowards invaded our lives and took away our son. And after a month-long trial, cousins Kieran Terry Davis and Kieran Harry Davis, a pair of filth, ladies and gentlemen, a pair of disgusting, ugly pieces of filth, have been jailed for life. Jake Douglas got four and a half years for manslaughter and ABH. Brandon Pitt, seven years for manslaughter and attempted GBH. And Daniel Hunt, 18, four and a half years for manslaughter. And a 17-year-old boy got four years for manslaughter. And a 16-year-old boy got three years, nine months for manslaughter. After the hearing, Anthony said Shane had the chance to leave, but he didn't. He came back to help me. He saved my life. He was the greatest person I knew. And uh, luckily... You know, Kieran Terry Davis and Kieran Harry Davis, two pieces of disgusting filth, are going to spend the rest of their lives and rot in hell. I'm sure that she'll get used to the company of men, boys, in a very short space of time in prison. It's Disgusting, isn't it? Stories like that, I tell you. It makes you think, you know, perhaps we should bring back hanging, but of course we never should. There is no point in ever doing that. It's never going to solve anything. It doesn't, you know, it's been proven time and time again that even with a death penalty, it's still going to happen. You're still going to get these disgusting pieces of filth. You see them on the television. I watch them all the time on the police programmes. How the police deal with these people, I've got no idea. Yesterday they were dealing with drunks in some part of the country. And they're just like drunks anywhere they are. Of course, when they're drunk, they're all big and brave, aren't they? Till you get back to the police station, they still try and do it. You know, I wish they'd turn the cameras off, to be honest with you, on odd occasions. Because I've just had enough of watching people sort of failing to impress on the television. They always think, as one of the coppers said, he said they always think they're going to get the upper hand, he said. But of course, they never do. And that's why it's so interesting. Uh, The trauma on the jet as the holiday Brit dies is another one of the stories. And women only need two trusty bras. Apparently lots of women have got loads of bras, but they've got two that they wear all the time. Isn't that funny? Because men don't have pants like that, do they? You don't have pants that you sort of wear and you go, oh, these are my favourite pants. You tend to wear pants once and then they sort of go in the wash, I think. Well, I'm assuming that's how it works anyway. Uh, Joe Cox's children look on as the MPs unite in tribute. Uh, Fans rallying to get uh, Zara her GB title back. Let's hope that never happens. Top Gear falls to a new ratings low. I feared the lies would kill me, says Cliff. Uh, You'll see him on the television talking to Gloria Hunniford. You can read about him in the paper today. The Daily Mail have done an exclusive with him. A fourth woman comes forward to say she was sexually assaulted by Clement Freud. And Tom Hiddleston shows he has what it takes. Whatever that is. All of that and more coming up after the news at five, which is next on LBC. If you have just joined us, it's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's Tuesday, 21st of June. You're very welcome. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, 21st of June. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. David Cameron's migration deception. Top Gear fails in the ratings. It's fallen yet again, I'm afraid. A fine mess, uh, a road sign, legal victory. But was it? We'll tell you that one. Uh, The Emmerdale co-stars tie the knot in a real-life love story. Uh, Women need two trusty bras. And uh, there's an inquiry into the Big Brother sex scene which is not so good, not so good at all. We're having more of these programmes on the television. We finally kicked out Marco Pierre White Jr., the biggest waste of space on the planet. What a sad, pathetic little person he must be. And the punters say nay to Katie's Pony Club. Nobody's remotely interested. She's run her course many years ago, I think. Plus the Yob, who have, uh, and we don't know if it's Yob or yobs or whatever it is, sick people, who let loose um, a bolt... You know, uh, from a from a sort of a um, um, an arrow, an arrow from a from a thing into a horse's eye. I mean, they think they can save the horse, but to be honest with you, what sort of people go out there with a crossbow and aim at a horse's eye? I mean, tell me who this is. Tell me who this is. Somebody will have to come forward. Somebody will will know what sort of person has a crossbow. You know, I can understand firing into a hay bale. I can understand firing into a target. I can't understand firing into a horse's face. What would be the purpose of that? What would be the purpose of that? These people must be sick. They must be absolutely sick. Uh, so you're going to be voting. You are going to be voting on Thursday. That's all I can tell you. Somebody said the other day, I was stopped in the street, and I said, so so, what are you advising people to do? I said, I'm not advising people to do anything. I said, just vote. That's all it is. That's all it is. You have to get out there and vote. You've heard all the arguments. You've heard, you know, you must have decided by now whether you're in or whether you're out, and that's the decision you have to make. Nobody can make that decision for you. You're the one who has to make it and you're the one who will do it on Thursday. And hopefully you should have your polling cards. Don't not go. I think the turnout's going to... be I originally said I thought the turnout was going to be low. Because I know what people are like. When you're trying to get people out... Um... And, and get them to vote for something. They go, oh, I can't be bothered. It's, you know, oh, it'll go the way it goes anyway. And you think, no, you can change it. You can absolutely change it. That's the whole idea. That's why you've been given the vote. Don't waste it, for God's sake. And then I had various people saying that they were going to sort of do a spoiled vote. I thought, well, that seems a bit pointless, doesn't it? That's really the actions of a complete buffoon, doing a spoiled vote. You know, the, vi- the, the wife's voting yes, and I'm voting no. And you think, oh, God. God, honestly, how stupid is that family? You know, go out there and vote. Try and make up your own mind. And uh, and then at the end of the day, and you'll hear it on LBC. I won't hear it. Well, I will hear it, but I won't be, be in it because uh, they've given me the morning off, thankfully, which is very nice indeed. So I'm going to revel in the fact that I've got Friday off the 24th. Just got to remember to cancel the car. Otherwise, I'll be, should be saddled with a bill for something I never even came in to do. And so Nick will be here. I think throughout the night, it'll be Ian Dale and Sheila Fogarty. And then Nick will take over at 5 o'clock, and he'll run all the way through with it. And uh, you'll hear all the results as they happen, first on LBC. Uh, Carla says, uh, show these reprobates up for what they are. It may stop others making false allegations. I don't think it's ever going to stop that. If you're dealing with a mental illness, Carla, how are you supposed to deal with it? I don't know how you deal with a mental illness. It's only afterwards they actually go, oh, this person's got a history of mental illness. And you think, are they on medication, or are they not on medication? I mean, also, as Cliff says in his uh, in his interview, you know, why would... Anybody hate me so much as to make up a pack of lies because they're sick because they're sick. It's as simple as that. They're sick. They don't know. They've got no idea. They're just, uh, you know, some of them aren't sick. Some of them are just evil people and those should be punished. I mean, absolutely, they should be punished. It's as simple as that. Let's not mess about. I think we're far too lily-livered with these, uh, with these people. Uh, listening on the phone at the airport, says Carol. Can't miss my early morning fix. Love to Noreen and co. Tell them I shall raise a glass of Prosecco to them all. A hmm? friend of mine just came back from Milan. She said it was great. She said it was really good. She loved Milan. She thought it was uh, absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, Steve, very interesting that the BBC were tipped off about the raid on home. I wonder who tipped them off, says Peter. Well, the police. The police. They must have known somebody in the newsroom uh, and they tipped them off. And, and they gave them enough time because the BBC were able to get their helicopter up and fly. You can't just go get the helicopter up. It's got to be approved by somebody. They must have known. They said, listen, uh, presumably the story would have run. But of course, nobody at the BBC will ever admit anything at all because they didn't even know that Jimmy Savile was operating. No idea at all. No idea. And um, as I say, there's been so many mistakes over the years and so many heads should have rolled. But of course, they all blame each other, don't they? Oh, no, wasn't it? Uh, that would have been that department. Oh, that department were dealing with it the other day. So somebody must have phoned up. Then they got the authorisation to take the helicopter out. They've got to justify the cost. Because somebody's paying for it somewhere along the uh, the line. And then it was hovering over, waiting for the police raid. They were there from the beginning. So they were given ample opportunity to sort it out. Ample opportunity. It does stink. It stinks badly. But there again, that's BBC News for you. I don't know why we would think it would be any different from any other newsroom. Uh, I listen to you. And as our best voice on diabetes, I've been told that as a type 2 diabetic, tablet-only medication... Luckily, with uh, with my usual ones, I head north 60, I no longer need to test my blood clu- glucose level, uh, as I used to do it. Really? What, because you're uh, a type 2 diabetic on tablets? Wow. No, you're still supposed to test it. Absolutely. Because sometimes it goes worse. Sometimes it goes worse. I mean, uh, you know, mine went from type 2 diabetic tablets, metformin, to metformin and insulin. I remember the day distinctly where they said, we're going to put you on insulin. And I've been on insulin for years. And uh, I like being on insulin. I like being on it. Sometimes you have to remind yourself to do it. You do forget things, don't you? I've noticed that that happens with, uh, with a lot of people. We do forget to do things, and you shouldn't, really. Uh, the BBC now should be investigated by the police. Well, I don't know. It depends what, what Cliff's going to do now. I mean, it was it was an invasion of privacy. He'd been charged with nothing at all. They were raiding his uh, his flat. I think he's only been back briefly to just collect... Uh, some personal effects. He doesn't. He just feels violated, as you can well imagine. He's had two years of this, two years of utter hell, uh, all because the West Yorkshire Police, South Yorkshire Police, Yorkshire Police uh, were just incompetent over this. They were taking allegations from people, one of whom had a mental illness, and uh, and somebody who had already lied about it. He'd, he'd, he'd sort of tried to blackmail Cliff, and they hadn't gone with it. They'd, they'd gone to the police. And then it all—I mean, I just can't can't believe it. Perhaps it's perhaps it's one of those things. Perhaps there are they're are good police, and then there are incompetent police. And I think you know, I think the, the Yorkshire Police have said, "Oh, lessons are to be learnt." Too bloomin' true. Too bloomin' true. There are lessons to be learnt because, but every time we have this, don't they? They go, "Oh, lessons will be learnt," and uh, every time lessons aren't learnt, which is uh, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, so Cliff makes the front of the uh, the papers. It's this. You know, because he is, he's beloved by everybody and, uh, you know, and he sings and his fans are very supportive of him, he he couldn't understand why somebody would hate him so much. Well, you know, I feel like saying to Cliff, and I will when I, when I meet him in a few weeks' time, I will say to him, look at these internet trolls, look at these pathetic wastes of space. These people are sickos. They're real sickos. Everybody gets them. Everybody gets internet trolls because it's a case of they don't have anything else to do. They really have nothing. They have so little in their life that they like to target successful people like Cliff. Like, I should imagine even the Queen gets trolls. Guaranteed. I should imagine the Pope gets trolled. Everybody gets trolled. Every single person by these sickos. They can't help it. They can't help it. You can dismiss them as, as loonies. You can dismiss them as people who don't have any friends. You can dismiss them as people who are failures. Of course, they're all of that. They're all of that. They like to give the impression, though, to people they're very successful, but they're not very successful at all. But they don't know why they do it either, because that's all they have in their life. And uh, it's, it's a bit tragic, actually. It is a little bit tragic. But, uh, but they're out there, and we have to put up with them. But then when they start going to the police, making up stories about uh, people who are very successful in the case of Cliff Richard, and quite a few other people besides, then uh, we have to get them into court. I think they have to be prosecuted, I think they have to be put in prison, and they can reflect on the misery that they've caused. I don't see why people should actually be allowed to cause misery to one person based on lies, based on absolute lies. In fact, one of these people only came forward after they saw Cliff's house being raided. That shows how sick they were. You know, it's just not uh, not good enough at all. Uh, another one here, very quickly. Somebody saying, listening to you, I am in Vegas at the moment, Steve. We're on holiday And we're absolutely loving it. Oh, I I wouldn't deny anybody enjoying Vegas. (laughs) I think everybody should. It's just just very, very hot. Very, very hot out there. Not my sort of temperature at all. I can't do temperatures. I really can't do temperatures. I don't want to do temperatures. I would happily stay in air conditioning for the rest of my life. Sit down, have, have cooked breakfast every day and then just sit back and do nothing. I could sleep for a week at times. You know sometimes you go this weather is so bad it's making me drowsy. And you do get drowsy with the with the weather because the temperature fluctuates so much in this country. It's right when I said yesterday that we do get, you know, almost mud summer's day. We've had so much rain that's come down, we've had this, we've had that and we put up with it. And then you see tourists standing there in the rain waiting to get their half-price tickets. There is only one official half-price ticket booth. The others are uh, a touts selling around Leicester Square. You see them. The official half-price ticket booth is directly opposite our front door. That's the official one. Uh, all the others are not, no matter what you might read on them, they're not official. They're just selling second-hand tickets mainly, mainly chronically bad seats chronically bad seats so if you want proper half price tickets it's the half price ticket booth and that's literally directly opposite the front door there is outrage in the paper today and uh, and so there should be secret footage ...of Muhammad Ali's burial is being offered for sale for a million dollars by a shameless relative of the boxing legend. The video, covertly taken during the private service, was put forward to media outlets as the owner conducted a tour of the country in a treacherous attempt to secure the highest bid. Uh, It shows Ali's coffin being lowered into the ground. It was taken without the knowledge of the heavyweight champion's wife and daughters. It sparked fury... Uh, it's the, the price is about £680,000. £680,000. And uh, as all the outlets have said, there's no way we'd be paying anything for that at all. No way. Uh, the seller initially tried to conceal the identity, but when asked how the footage was obtained, he revealed he's a member of the family. Do you remember, years ago, they did it when... Um, oh, God. Who was that uh, Hollywood actor who died in the Viper Lounge? I can't remember. He was... It was... Um, oh, God. God, they had a picture of him in his coffin, River Phoenix, River Phoenix died, and I think there was one paper in America that was offering a lot of money to get a picture of him in his coffin, they wanted a picture of him in his coffin, and so they gave a relative, a little tiny camera, which fitted into a button, and they, when they went and filed past the coffin, which was open in the funeral home, they got a picture, there you go, of River Phoenix in his, uh, in his coffin. You can see the images online, and they, 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 they took these pictures, and to be honest with you, uh, they, they then tried to justify it. I think it was on uh, the front of the National Enquirer or something like that, and they then, they then tried to sort of justify putting it on there, as they say, a warning to other people not to do drugs. I mean, it was quite harrowing pictures. If you've never seen pictures of anybody in their, in their coffin then this would have been quite shocking. This would have been a very shocking picture. And uh, I think they, you know, loads of people in America were against it, but loads of people bought the thing because they wanted to see a picture. I don't know why we want to see pictures of people in their coffins. It's a private thing for the family. Very private. There was somebody the other day, wasn't there, who took pictures of of somebody who died. She went to the funeral home and then put them up online. The family went, what are you doing? And she went, that's how I want to remember him. She put them up. Had to take them down again. The family threatened all sorts of things. How dare you put a picture up? What a sick person. You don't take pictures of people in their coffin. That's their last resting place. You leave them to it. So nobody will buy this footage of Ali's burial because it's just too, too disgusting, really. Too disgusting. And um, it's very sad, very sad that a relative would actually take pictures, uh, obviously with a hidden camera, and then try and sell it to somebody. Not good enough, not good enough. Uh, Steve, it's not going to be the same not listening to you on Friday morning as I'm on my way home from work, says Mickey. Oh no, it is Mickey taking. I don't do Mickey taking. I only do fact on this programme. I can't be bothered to do Mickey taking. I'm way too too old. Uh, Steve, I didn't know celebrities could be named if they were innocent of abuse. I'd have sued for defamation of character. Yes, I mean, this is what the law should be in this country. We shouldn't be naming anybody until they've been charged. But he was never charged. You know, but yet everybody knew it was Cliff Richard. It's like everybody knows who the people are who take out these super injunctions to stop us knowing details of their love life. And things like. everybody knows who exactly it is. It's just that we can't say it. Which seems a bit ridiculous, doesn't it? 17 past five. You're listening to a podcast from LBC morning, everybody. Tuesday, 21st of June. It's nice to have you company. at Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's so funny. Here's, here's a lovely picture. I, I watched um, Ellen DeGeneres' show the other day and Hillary Clinton was on. And she looks like she's had work done. Don't you think so? She looks like she's one of those sort of puppets that they bring out in a Las Vegas um, ventriloquist show. And there's a, and there's a picture of uh, of her. And this is Hillary Clinton, uh, without any makeup on, looking quite old, and some very old man next to her who cheated on her a number of times. Oh, it's Hillary and Bill. Oh, how sweet! She does look bad actually in this picture here. And so they, uh, Chelsea, has given birth, uh, which is nice. So here is here is Chelsea's little baby, and. Uh, I don't suppose they're short. Bob, oh, Bill Clinton looks really old, ravaged person now, doesn't he? Uh, as I say, but I, I did watch Hillary, and I did watch the Ellen DeGeneres show. That film actually is it Finding Dory or something like that, which has gone right to the top of the you know the best selling uh, thing because uh, Ellen DeGeneres voices Dory, so that was uh, that was very good. I like that as well. Uh, uh, Square Eyes. It now takes two people to write the one column that Kevin O'Sullivan used to write, and it's not half as good. Not half as good. And, um, it's all sorts of things here. Uh, you'll be out in the first round what the mother of Reverend Richard Coles said when he told her he was doing Celebrity MasterChef. The Reverend Richard Coles is a celebrity. How does that happen? Who is he? Oh, it's that one, isn't it? Oh, God. So you'll be out in the first round. Celebrity Master. See, that's why we're in a dreadful state in this country. Some reverend who's popped up on television a few times and is a bit boring all of a sudden gets named as a Celebrity You'd think they wouldn't have, you know, that much shame that they could actually go on television and admit they obviously think they're a celebrity, which is even uh, even more embarrassing. Uh, ITV's Love Island got the highest ever ratings, 1.13 million from 9pm on Sunday, overtaking Big Brother, which got 1.7, a narrow victory, but a victory nevertheless. Uh, Morrissey from the Smiths isn't happy. Well, he's been miserable for most of his life, hasn't he? He's a very dreary person. The former Smith's frontman, 57, has blasted Buzzcocks, one of his biggest musical influences back in the day, for letting one of their songs be used in a TV advert for a certain American burger chain. The avid vegan and animal rights campaigner laments, Pete Shelley has allowed McDonald's to use Buzzcocks, what do I get, to TV advertise. And uh, why don't you just mind your own business, Morrissey? Why don't you just go and sit in a wardrobe, face the back of the door, and cry your eyes out? Because we're so bored with you. Honestly, the older you get, the more cracked you become. I mean, nobody, you know, is particularly interested in any of your ramblings. Seriously, you're past yourself by. Give it up now, please. Try and get all that anger and those chips off your shoulder. Dear me. It's dreadful. It gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here, very quick. I'm trying to get all of these uh, these texts and emails in uh, as quickly as we can. Uh, one here. Uh, this is from uh, someone here, but uh, wait a minute, uh, Stuart, uh, listening in Australia. Stuart says, uh, "Oh, how I miss good radio." Is that listening to this one? I'm thinking there must be better radio out there. I don't know what the radio in America is in in Australia is like, actually. It's it's apparently a little bit basic. Uh, good day, Brisbane. You know, I mean that's the kind of thing. Good day, Sydney. Good day, Alice Springs. Good day, Ayers Rock. Because there must be radio stations for all these places, and they probably ought. you probably don't hear too many English voices. Hello, Brisbane. You know, my name's Reginald Fortescue. It's lovely to have your company this morning, and I'm looking out at a beautiful, beautiful sea, and it's all very nice indeed. And I suppose later on we're going to have a barbie. And uh, and after we would that, we'll probably roast Ken. So that'll be quite interesting. Um, that's what it's like. I, mean, I don't know, actually. I only know the radio station 2UE, because we took somebody from there years and years ago. That's, and that's all I know. I'd, I've never heard radio. I'm really not that interested in radio, that I want to go round the world and listen to what other radio stations do first thing in the morning. I mean, what would they do? They're mainly music stations, aren't they? Very, I don't think you'd ever get a programme like this on uh, on radio anywhere. Be far too expensive to do because you'd have to find people in Australia who could string two words together, and that might be quite difficult, wouldn't it? Somebody say they go, How long do we have to do, Steve? Oh, about two and a half hours. Uh, talking about what? Um, well, just about all sorts of things. Ah, right. Uh, Sheila, you got any ideas what we're going to talk about for two and a half hours? Answer no. Nobody's got any ideas at all. Because you can't work it out, can you? You, you? you can't just have a radio program and try and plan something like this because it all hinges on what's in, the, in what's in the papers. If there's some good stories in the papers, then you can, you can sort of get, get through it. If there's bad stories in the papers, you're really struggling a little bit. But luckily, you've always got something to talk about. You've always got something to talk about. I like the idea that, um, uh, that there's a driver. He decided to challenge a sign. He thought the sign was placed incorrectly. And eventually, after what seems like a lifetime, it turns out that he's actually quite right. But it's cost him a fortune to actually be declared innocent of this sign, because they have people who can now sort of run rings around local councils and go, well, I'm sorry, that's illegal. It's like the other day, I thought to myself, I hope, I hope I'm not in the bus lane, because there was no way to avoid it, turning the car round. I had to cross over the bus lane. But I was hoping that the, uh, that the cameras didn't catch the car, because otherwise I'm looking forward to fighting that one in the court. Because they do have... I mean, cameras are everywhere now. You can't get away from it, can you? You're so worried. I remember at one time I crossed over... I think it was Christmas Day in Kingston. And I crossed over a bus lane. Well, that was it. I was clicked by the by the camera and got a, got a blasted thing in. Uh, apparently the Reverend Richard Cole is Richard Cole of the Communards with Jimmy Somerville... Says Keith. Yeah, I, th- I knew he was in a group. I couldn't remember which one it was. But he's not a celebrity. Jimmy Somerville was the celebrity in that group. Richard Cole was not the celebrity. He was just sort of some bloke who pops up. And now he's doing a celebrity-based programme. What is going on about it? Apparently, as well as being a vicar, says Ian, he, he was in the communards. Yes, I'm going to get loads of these now, actually. I get <laughs> loads of these ones now. Yeah, I knew he was in a group. I couldn't remember. But I always thought it was Jimmy Somerville. He was great. Great interview with Jimmy, which we had uh, a while ago. And this weekend... Uh, I think it 's going to be Ray Liotta, or Raylioda, as they call them, uh, in America, and uh, I think it 's also going to be Warwick davis that 's who 's going to be run this weekend because i 'm here Saturday morning, and that 's when you get to hear in conversation on Saturday morning because between five and six it 's the best of <coughs> excuse me <coughs> the best of Steve Allen, and then uh, then after that it 's in conversation. And this week, as I say, it's going to be Rayleigh Otter. I'm 99% certain. I think we're going to hold on for next week to Barry Humphreys. And then we've got uh, another one. Yesterday, we did um, from Game of Thrones, Jonathan Price. And uh, also uh, from Miss Saigon, of course, because they celebrate 25 years. That's what he was in to talk about. But of course, you mentioned him in the office. And people say, who have you got in today? They always ask me, who have you got in today, Steve? And I said, yesterday, I said, I've got Jonathan Price. And the first thing they said was, Game of Thrones. And I went, yeah. And they went, wow! They all thought that was, that was pretty cool. Whereas I knew him from My Fair Lady, from Oliver, and from Miss Saigon. So it goes to prove different different generations remember different people. Which is, uh, which is always good, isn't it, really? Otherwise it would be terribly boring, every, really knowing the same people. And um, uh, Trevor says, I watched Summer Holiday after you suggested a feel-good fact to film, and I bought the DVD. Do you know, you should actually get... Um, I think they do the Cliff Richard. There should be a box set of all the films. Take Me High was a very good one. And uh, I just thought they were great. I think there was about four, four or five films, was it? I love the one where um, it involves the mystery singer. It's a real boy's own story of where they're all a member of a youth club and the youth club's going to be torn down uh, to put up flats. And it turns out that one of their members, Cliff Richard's father, Cliff Richard's father, is the man who's going to tear it down. But they don't know because he plays Nicky in the film, they don't know that his father is the one that they're all anti, so they have to sort of get round to it uh, and stop him doing it. So they put on a show with a mystery singer. It's Fantastic. He saying, we say yeah. It was one of those films, let's put on a show, let's do it in a theatre here now. That's, you know, that was how how good it is. So, in fact, I'm sure if you go to Amazon, you can type in Cliff Richard and there will be a box set, which will probably have all the films in it. And they're well worth watching. It's like the Elvis films. I like the Elvis films. Um, I really... I like, Because I like Elvis, so obviously I'm going to like the films. And uh, I think he yeah, has some great people to work with. They're of their generation, though. Some of them stand up well today. Some of them don't stand up so well. So, Trevor, it'll be interesting. I'm not sure whether I'm going to get an in-conversation with Cliff, but I am going to be at a place where he's going to be. That's all I can tell you. Uh, Big Brother, absolute filth. Absolute filth. And... Uh, And uh, could you say morning to my mum, Maureen? She's having an operation today on her eyes. Luckily, her ears are still okay, says Sarah. Oh, dear. I don't know. Operation on your eyes. Would that be cataracts or something like that? (laughs) Dreadful. (laughs) People have to put up with these operations. Actually, I watched some people on the telly the other day um, and they were sort of talking about, you know, operations that they have. And you think, why do people want to share their operations with you? I've watched some of this 24 hours in A&E. That looks a bit scary, doesn't it? LBC Newstime, 5.30. Latest headlines for you this morning. It's Rupert Bartia. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Is everybody making a big deal about uh, Taylor Swift and Tom Hiddleston? Uh, they're saying that, I mean, she went out with Calvin Harris and she seems to be very nice. And Tom Hiddleston, for some reason, best known to himself, is now posing in a very naff pair of white pants kind of thing. Sort of like shorts which I always think look a bit bit naff on men, you know. And uh, because there's, there's a rumour that he could be the next James Bond. And, and I keep hearing rumours about who's going to be the next James Bond. I mean, I suppose he does actually look quite right. Perhaps they're doing it. Perhaps his agent is saying, listen, let's get as many pictures of you in the papers and let's start talking about James Bond and let's see if we can sort of persuade everybody because that's, that's the way it's obviously going to go. Oh, I'll tell you what I saw the other day. I saw that dreadful, screeching harridan. Uh, on the television, Sally Jacks again attempting to do some modelling feature on the programme she's only about that big seriously, if she wasn't wearing heels, she'd have disappeared completely she just looked like she was lumpy in all the wrong places you know what I'm saying? and it's that ghastly voice, anything less feminine you'd be hard pushed to find on the television terrible, but not half as bad as the jewellery people the ones who sell you this this jewellery on the tele. I mean, that you have to watch that for the sheer gall of these people flogging you tat I mean, seriously, I don't know how it works. I really don't, but I'm fascinated by it. Uh, Gymnast Beth Tweddle, former top gymnast, is real. She's seeing a psychologist to help her get over her accident on the jump, which left her needing neck surgery. Uh, She told The One Show... Oh, God, how boring. Uh, It's hard to talk about. I'm using a psychologist. I didn't panic at the time. It was when I flew back to the UK. I realised the journey I'd have to go on. Oh, God, here we go again. It's a journey. So you had an accident on the jump. Everybody seems to get hurt on the jump. I think Sarah Sarah Harding got hurt on the jump. She's actress, singer, and all-round wonderful person in the universe. In the universe. Actually, it could be the universe, couldn't it, really? I think that's quite funny. Every time I see pictures on the television of farming, I'm strangely drawn back to the country. I'm strangely drawn back to, you know, tractors. And we used to climb over tractors when we lived near farms up in Yorkshire. And that was great fun. The farmer never, ever told us off. I don't ever remember being told off by any farmer, get off the vehicles. We, we just played with them. We, we, Oh, it was wonderful. Wonderful times. Can't do it now because you're a bit old. People think you're a bit mad, don't they? You say, I want to go back out to the country and sort of sit there. My my uh, brother used to go out with this girl years ago and her family used to live in this uh, house. There were two houses in the middle of a field. Seriously, and that was, and that was it. They, they, they used to, you know sort of plough and sow everything all around them but at an evening time you could sit in the garden and have a drink have a little have a little um little sort of cookery area going on have a barbecue and there was an owl that used to fly backwards and forwards it was obviously feeding you know chicks and it would fly back it would sort of pick out um you know a vole or whatever and then fly back over. and you could see this happening almost on a nightly basis And when i went to regent's park the other day there is lots of it that's cut grass so that people can play football. You can't just turn up and play football. You've got to book these things. It's, uh, they're very hot on that. And they're also now clamping down, thank God, people cycling through the park. It's illegal. There's only one main area, the main thoroughfare you can cycle. The rest of it you can't cycle. We all shout at people, no cycling. It's dangerous, very dangerous. So, um, and there was an area which was left with all wildflowers in it, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And so I said to a friend of mine, I said, why have they got wildflowers here? Why have they not cut this this bit? He said, that's for the kestrels. When the kestrels hunt, this is where all the little mice hang around, you know, without realising that we basically built a larder for the kestrels. And so they, they play around. If it was all cut grass, all the wildlife would disappear completely. And that's it. And you do a walk around the park and you can look in, you can see the... Uh, the the camels lying down or standing up, and you can hear the lions sometimes and see the Sumatran tigers. It's lovely. You don't have to go inside the zoo. You can see all this from the outside if you're very, very lucky. Very, very lucky. It's lovely. Uh, Gabrielle, writing in The Sun today, says, Tom Hiddleston might be in talks about the new Bond, but he needs to invest in a more flattering pair of pants. I totally agree. Worst pair of pants I've ever seen. Seriously bad pants. Seriously bad pants. And um, they, they now call him a posh actor. A posh actor has been advised very badly. I mean, really naff pants. At least find something better. When you see the picture of the paper today, you will think the same as me. Page 21 of the son of one of the 12-year-old girls who, uh, who took an ecstasy tablet. My God, these 12-year-olds now. She's had her eyebrows shaped. She looks like she's wearing makeup. She's certainly got um, mascara on and lipstick by the look of it. And so they actually tried it. Her name's Lacey. Uh, Lacey Hall. Her mother is called Hayley Murray. And they have the same names anymore, people? Do they not carry the same names as the parents? You know, a 12-year-old girl, they're just sweets. Left one of them in a coma. Very lucky to be alive. Very, very lucky to be alive. Uh, Simon Cowell, they say, could reunite the Spice Girls. No chance. No chance. He always regrets not signing them because he could make money out of them. One direction. It's a bit about Niall Horan. I thought Niall Horan would have had, after, after the amount of time they were working... A lot more than 5.7 million sitting in his bank. New accounts show Niall's firm, Treaty Media, which is believed to be used to channel his one-direction songwriting royalties, posted a profit of 5.4 million last year, uh, which is more than double the previous 12 months. I thought he'd have more money than that. 5.7 I thought, after the amount of time they were touring and the amount of work they did, 5.7 million. I know it's it's a lot, but it doesn't seem that much. Spice Girls, they say, walked away with about 16 million quid each. But, uh, unfortunately, as you now know, the only people who'll be taking part in, in the Spice Girls reunion will be all of them, except Victoria Beckham, who said she, she just doesn't want to be part of it, and Mel C. And... Uh, And they say Simon could force them back in again or persuade them back in again. I don't think he could. Victoria wouldn't be remotely interested because, you know, she's now she's international superstar. She would be the one who would be going, well, I'm not standing at the back. I'm Victoria Beckham. I'm more successful than all of you. I've got, you know, 250 million in the bank. Admittedly, most of it's from Dave's company. But, uh, you know, I'm much more successful than any of you lot. So why would I go there? So in fact, you might just end up with three people. Which would seem a little bit silly, wouldn't it? Unless they can finally persuade them. But uh, Victoria, I uh, definitely will think, never, never do it. And Mel C is not remotely interested. She doesn't, uh, doesn't care about it at all. Why not? You know, I, mean, I suppose if you lived that kind of life, why would you want to go back and do it again unless it was for the, for the money? I mean, there would be an opportunity, I'm quite sure, for, uh, for them getting back together. But I just don't think it's going to happen. just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, after the attempted attack on Donald Trump, does that mean Trump will be calling for a ban on all Brits coming to the country until he can work out what the hell's going on? Well, this was uh, another person, wasn't it? You're going to be seeing more of this in the newspaper. Somebody's going to be attacked, and uh, people will, will die as a result of it, and we'll still say, won't we? Oh, lessons can be learnt. Lessons can be learnt. And everybody else is going, what lessons? What lessons have we learnt from that? What lessons have we learnt from Joe, Joe Cox's death? Apart from all these people should be assigned bodyguards or panic buttons or something like that. Because there are people out there who are actually willing to, uh, to shoot and stab them. That's what's so, uh, so dreadful about it. And uh, it'll happen again. Of course it will. It's bound to. Uh, the DNA test, which has rumbled a fake air. Some of Britain's richest toffs may lose their titles after top judges ruled DNA evidence can determine a rightful heir. The Judicial Committee of the Privy Council's decision stripped Aristo Simon Pringle of his right to become a Scottish baronet after tests showed his grandfather was illegitimate. It said the title should pass to his cousin, Murray Pringle, a retired accountant from High Wycombe in Buckinghamshire. Now, the ruling opens the way for further claims to some of Britain's most famous family seats if toffs have played away. And they did. Toffs played away a lot of the time. Yesterday, judgment rejected the heir to the baroncy of Stitchill's claim using DNA would breach confidentiality. Pringle, 57, had been due to inherit the southern Scottish baronetcy in 2013. But Murray Pringle claimed the seat, uh, insisting the ninth baronet, was a cuckoo in the nest. Oh, wow. I love fighting amongst the aristocracy. I love stuff like that. That's really cool. That's really cool. Because we don't understand anything about aristocracy, do we? We just know that they're all terribly posh and they live in huge houses and we're all terribly jealous. Well, I'm not. I'm not. Because all I think is... I wonder about how how big your heating bill is. And The heating bill would be absolutely enormous for somebody. They couldn't afford to have it on. It'd be way too expensive. Uh, Denise Welch is going for it. She's hoping to land a part in a US hit show. I think unlikely. I think unlikely. Although she has done quite a few, quite a few things. Top Gear, Top Gear, Top Gear, Top Gear, all over the uh, the bizarre column for today. They seem to be they're opening up press releases because Top Gear viewers have hit out at the motoring show because they say in the rallycross car segment, apart from Charlene Spiteri, all eight stars have been men. Uh, those unhappy about this include Philippa De Monte, who tweeted, Where are the female guests on Top Gear? We too can be funny and sporty and chatty and drive. And uh, another angry woman tweeted, When are we going to see more women on Star in a Rally Car? Well, the answer is it's uh, it's the person who runs the programme, which is Chris Evans. He decides what goes on the programme. And so he has used people. They also use loads of chefs. I mean, most of them, it's, it's a cookery show, isn't it? Gordon Ramsay's been on. Uh, he was in the Star in the Rallycross car. Tom Kerridge, Oli uh, Daboos, Tom Kitchen, and then Oliver Payton. Uh, next time round, you've got Paul Hollywood. So they've obviously sort of stuck to a theme, but no, the person who decides all this is Chris Evans. Make no mistakes. If he's involved in a programme, he's going to be hands-on. There's no messing around. You know, we're not sort of having any other producers on there. There might be producers on there in name, but I think when it actually comes to what makes a successful programme, he'll be the one saying to them, I want this, I want to make sure that this actually goes on. And so we have a, we have a nice, successful programme. But unfortunately, the ratings have hit rock bottom again. They really have. They're, they're, they're sort of practically petering out now. It's ridiculous. Um, Cliff Richard's interview. It's uh, with uh, David Whig. And it runs for four pages. It's an exclusive interview. An exclusive interview to the Daily Mail today. Uh, it's the interview the whole world wanted. Cleared after two years of hell. Cliff reveals how it wrecked his health lays bare his raw fury at the police and the BBC, who is threatening to sue. Um, I don't know how that would work, because he'd have to fund it. He'd have to fund it. And uh, they say here, for two years, he's been in limbo, fearing uh, that by some miscarriage of justice, he may even end up in jail. Uh, Good news, everybody, he says. Uh, He got the news from the lawyer. Good news, everybody, just like that. After it was all over, he said, ''I sat on the bed and thought, this is so fantastic.'' I wept. I couldn't help it. With all the emotions pent up inside. Yeah, I mean, I I can exactly understand where he's coming from. You know, somebody of that age shouldn't be putting, uh, you know, put through things like that because it would be uh, it would be dreadful. Actually, um, very interesting. Graham uh, says uh, I loved all the Cliff Richard films too. My favourites were the young ones and before that. Expresso Bongo. Absolutely love that movie. Then I discovered Elvis with Jailhouse Rock and a fan for 55 years. But I still really like Cliff and his early recordings, still bringing back so many memories of my early teens. I went to see him this year at the Royal Albert Hall. He didn't disappoint. And you just had to admire his presence with these awful allegations against him. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's it's a broken cliff who's in the papers today. You will see the pictures uh, of a man who's been through the mill and backwards uh, treated like a guilty man, it you know it can't be, it can't be a barrel load of fun for anybody at all. But he's waited two years, accused of a sex attack on wait for it roller skates. One of the accusers claimed he roller skated into the shop and assaulted him. I mean, how bloody stupid do we have to be in this country? The police never treated me as innocent until proven guilty. It was disgusting. The, uh, the BBC were just a disgraceful. He said, how could the BBC do it to me? They couldn't care less, Cliff. They couldn't care less. They're not remotely interested. There'll be nobody who'll put their name up to this one saying, I authorise the helicopter to go up. I promise you. They hide. They're like little girls in skirts. They hide. And they go, oh, what? I didn't know anything about that. No, who authorised that? No idea. Just went up there. Flew by itself, dear. Flew by itself. Disgusting. Quarter to six. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. One of these days you're going to be privy to the conversations that we have while you're listening to other things. There's going to be a a fault in the system. There's going to be a mistake. And people will be writing and going, we can hear what you're saying. I've just got a feeling. I've just got a feeling. I don't know why. I've just got a feeling that something's going to happen. I told you we did that once years ago, didn't I? I told you that all of a sudden we didn't realise but the camera, not in this studio, was on. The camera was on. And people could see us online and people were tuning in, and I went, because somebody wrote in, I told you, and said, oh, I can see you in the studio. I thought, yeah, yeah, right. They went, no, no, I really can. Look at this. And they set up a link, and I clicked on it, and then my screen burst into life before me, (laughs) and there I was in the studio looking at it going, oh, my goodness, that's me on the television screen. Very frightening moment, because you never remember what you do. I mean, you don't sit here picking your nose or anything like that. Well, not all the time. And, uh, you know, mainly I'll be sort of just Play with my hair or something like that. That's just about it. But it'd be funny if you could hear extra. One what, at one time we used to have people who could listen very carefully and hear what the producer was saying to you. Sometimes the producer talks to you, and if you have your headphones particularly loud, somebody'd say, "I can hear what your producer's saying to you," and you go, "No, you can't." And they say, "Yes, I can," and then they they'd prove. So they, they were. I don't know how they were hearing it. Perhaps the headphones were that loud. I don't really have them that particularly loud. I don't think so. in the studio I have the volume quite high. Everybody always goes, ooh, the studio's volume's too high. You know, but I don't only have it on. I mean, obviously it's not on now because I'm talking. Uh, Noreen says, hope you are well. Looking forward to Cliff and Gloria. This poor man's been treated dreadfully. Yeah, I don't think you'll realise until you see this interview, which I suppose must have been uh, edited by now. Martin Frizzell said he was doing it yesterday. And I think you'll realise just it's, it's a broken cliff. Seriously, he's known Gloria for about 47 years, I think. And uh, he was there for after Karen died, and he donated some stuff for an auction and things like that. And he's always been very generous in that department. His wine was terrible, though, I have to tell you. They did a taste testing on the television, and he tasted his own wine. He went, oh, it's horrid. But he didn't know it was his own wine until they then said, that's yours, which I thought was quite funny. But uh, he's been treated very badly, very badly. Uh, We took my little brother to see The Young Ones, his first ever film. He cried for the lights to be put on. (laughs) We had tea at the Grove in Watford. Yummy. Yes, you mentioned you were going off to the, uh, to the Grove in Watford. Uh, sunshine over Gilston this morning. Beautiful. Uh, had a look at Macy's Tommy Bahama shirts. Me too, Neil, yesterday. There wasn't much of a choice. No, there isn't. I feel like writing to Tommy Bahamas and saying, listen, I, you know, live and work in London and have done for over 40 years. Isn't it about time that Tommy Bahamas opened a shop here? Hello? You know, if there's so many Brits who want to buy these Hawaiian shirts, then why have they not opened a shop or an outlet or something like that? Or done an outlet in one of the big department stores? Put one in Harrods, put one in Selfridges, put one somewhere! Sorry, got a bit carried away there. Sorry, I don't like to sort of lose my temper. But you're right, I looked at Macy's. It was, it, was, it, was, it was poor. It was poor. Uh, 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. Dion, why would you listen to that? It's rubbish. It's rubbish. It doesn't even rate. Doesn't even rate them. I, mean, I don't like to sort of, you know, sort of push other radio stations down. But I mean, seriously, up against uh, the might of LBC, they don't stand a cat in 80s chance. I think Cowell contracts 50% of all earnings from his signed acts. So One Direction would have to share 50%. No, it's uh, they're all different contracts, Paul, uh, with Psycho, the company. They're not with Simon Cowell. They're with Psycho, the company. And everybody, everybody who appears on, I think, The X Factor and Britain's Got Talent is automatically signed up. And so you can go on and and make money. And I forget for how long do they have control over it. They only cover themselves so that if somebody becomes huge, they're going to make sure that they've got a slice of the action. That's just called normal business. That's normal business. So uh, uh, I hope that's how it works for most people. I wish it was 50%. God, I've never heard of any agent who takes 50%. That would be something. Uh, Steve, I agree with you. Simon Cowell has got two hopes. Bob Hope and no hope. Uh, Steve, if the police hadn't acted as they did, some big names would have gotten away with it. Um, Well, yes, but when you think about uh, Cliff Richard, Cliff Richard, this was one person who tried to blackmail him. He tried to blackmail him. And then he goes to the police, having not uh, getting around to getting any money out of Cliff Richard... It was a case of uh, he then decided to make up these spurious claims, which, of course, came to nothing, as we know. Uh, 84850, I know exactly what the police had on uh, on Cliff Richard. I know that there were nine allegations to start with. I knew that nine and five were then dismissed out of hand, and the other four were dismissed out of hand as well. So uh, it was disgraceful, absolutely disgraceful, the conduct, absolutely awful. And I agree, they have to investigate, but surely, you know, the right hand should know what the left hand is. Is doing so simple as that? Uh, did I try the steak the other day? The tomahawk steak says Phil Vickery, and the answer is I didn't. And I tell you for why because you said that it was um, it, it was long, and uh, this is these tomahawk steaks which you get for like seventeen quid, and it was it was quite big, but fifty percent is fat and bone. So I didn't. I don't really do bone and fat. Because it's just, you know, I, that's what, I do like fillet steak. I mean, I'm prepared to spend £12 on getting a good bit of meat. And uh, like, producers are the same. He's, you know, you comes from a land where they probably have sort of better meat than we do. I think America's got better meat than we've got. And I like the look of this tomahawk steak. But I thought, am I seriously going to eat it? If it's all fat, I don't really want fat. Somebody offered me avocado the other day because it's got good fat in it. And I was, it's, gonna, it's supposed to be very good for you, actually. it's It's quite good. It's very, you put it on toast. Yeah, I've heard of that on toast, yeah. Yeah, you've had it. Oh, you've had it on toast. It's so funny for somebody so uneducated and poorly educated, ladies and gentlemen, coming from that backward country, Australia. All of a sudden he started telling us what to do with avocado as the producer. It's very sweet of him to make a contribution uh, and sort of go, oh, yeah, we have it. We have it on uh, on toast. So that, that's why, Phil, is because you said it was 50 percent fat and I decided not to. What did I have the other day? Cumberland pie. I didn't make it before you ask. I bought it. I'm not... I can't do things like that. I'm just... I'm seriously rubbish at doing anything. But Marks and Spencer's have got other places do them as well. They've got lots of little puddings at the moment. Little glass jars with little sort of fruit... Fruit puree. Can't even say it. Fruit puree. Fruit puree. Fruit puree in them. And they're they're quite nice. Some of those are quite nice. So I might have one of those as a treat. I used to have yoghurt. And then somebody said, no, yoghurt is just full of sugar. And, uh, you know... (laughs) No, that's it, isn't it, really? Uh, Oliver in Crystal Palace says, it's my birthday, I'm the grand old age of 27. Oh, God. How awful. How awful to be 27. That's when you start looking at cemeteries thinking, they look nice, don't they? 27. I can't imagine what it would be like to be 27 again. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'll have a think back. No, I can't even I can't remember where I was. Well, here. I would have been here at 27. I think that's... Uh, That's pretty likely. Um, Also, are you worried about the footballer, Ched Evans? He's got a job. Uh, We're still waiting for the results of... uh, He's back in court again, I think, in October. And um, they've given him a job. Now, whether or not at this club is Chesterfield, I think, isn't it? Uh, I'm beginning to wonder whether or not there's going to be people uh, shouting obscenities and everything else. The club say they're delighted to have signed him. Perhaps they know more than we do. And uh, but I I have a sneaking feeling that people are going to be out there picketing and saying, no, it's not right. It's this kind of thing. It's it's bad. Uh, Another one here, uh, which says, I bet uh, most of the radios around the world are part of the 4 a.m. spike. I don't know, actually. I don't know. Um, I think, says David, they should name and shame the people who make false claims against people. Well, we've had this time and time again, haven't we? Tracy Andrews is a classic case of going on television and making spurious claims about the fact that the car was held up and it turned out she was the one who committed the crime. She was trying to cover herself up. Another woman who claimed she'd been raped in a corridor. They have to investigate these things. It turned out she'd lied. She just made it all up. We have to accept the fact that there are sick people out there who are not getting the medication or the help that they undoubtedly need. And so they make these things and then they, then they get carried away with it and they start revelling in the publicity. So they start turning up on television programmes. I've lost track of the amount of people who turned up to talk about Jimmy Savile with no evidence at all. With no evidence at all. You know, people talking about Jimmy Savile attacked uh, boys. Well, you know, I mean, I was, I was quite surprised at that because I didn't think Jimmy Savile was remotely interested in boys. I thought he was only interested in girls, but we didn't know the extent of it, did we, until we were told about it. But these people seem to come out and they, they come up with these things and we're expected to believe everything. Uh, 84850, Claire on Canvey Island um, says, I've been a fan of Cliff since I was 10. And heard Bachelor Boy. I'm so sorry to see him so crushed. I hope he'll be able to rest and recover his health. He's away at the moment and uh, he will be coming back. And you'll uh, you will you'll read the uh, article. All Cliff fans will read it. And everybody else as well in this country will read it in the Daily Mail today. And then you'll watch Gloria Hunifer's interview. She knows him better than anybody else. And she said it was ridiculous from day one. But the trouble is it went on for two years. Two years. So uh, you'll watch that interview. That goes out tomorrow it's a one-hour special, OK? I will definitely be watching it. Definitely be watching it. I think you, I think you just have to, just to see how he's uh, coping with things. Uh, 84850, oh, Paul says, No offence, why do you want to look like a bit part actor from Hawaii five O? The shirts are fabulous. The quality is brilliant. Seriously, I've got some Tommy Bahama shirts that must be the best part of 10 years old. They look as good today as they did then. They're worth every penny. Worth every penny. Nobody's come anywhere near Tommy Bahama shirts, and uh, I don't see there's anything a the matter. It sounded a little bit racist there. You're talking about a bit part actor from Hawaii Five O. There weren't any bit part actors in Hawaii Five O. Admittedly, nobody talked to Steve McGarrett, did they? I think it's the same with all these series, didn't they? The, the main characters, like uh, Leonard Nimoy, didn't speak to uh, the captain in Star Trek. Everybody sort of fell out, and that kind of. I suppose it, it just happens. On the subject of Tomahawk stakes. And uh, I had one from m Says Ian, I didn't think they were doing them there. I've looked at their steaks. I've never seen a tomahawk steak. Twenty-five pound. Somebody said that they did. Uh, they did have one, and they said it was a lot of gristle. Well, it's certainly got a load of public... It's about seventeen quid, wasn't it? If Marks and Spencers do one, I'll have a. I'll have a little look at it. But I'm not guaranteeing that I'm going to. Uh, not going to buy it. Anyway, if you have just joined us, I can't see actually. Somebody's pulled the blinds down and the I've got a room directly opposite me so I can look out into Leicester Square. Is it a bit overcast this morning? A little bit overcast? Little bit overcast. That's okay. The sun'll, the sun'll come up tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that. Oh, sorry. To beg your pardon. I'm sorry. I just can't help going into musicals. It's a bit of a shame. Uh, I fear the lies would kill me. Says Cliff. It's an exclusive interview uh, with the Daily Mail. The Gloria runs uh, tomorrow. Joe Cox's children look on as MPs unite in tribute. Uh, the fans rally to get uh, Zara her Great Britain title back. And the legend who's got Shane in a spin, that and Katie's Pony Club, which you say nay to, comes up the other side of the news. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's coming up five past six. It's Tuesday, the 21st of June. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's nice to have your company today. We're rocketing through this month. I mean, we really are. It just honestly, where does the time go? You know, people say it only seems like the other day we were celebrating Christmas and then we were waiting for loads of snow to come down. That never happened. Bonfire night kind of went. Uh, Easter, that's finished. We've had most of the bank holidays. And here we are reading stories about Cliff Richard on his two years of hell, exclusive to the Daily Mail today. The Glory Hunniford interview will run tomorrow on ITV. About 12.30, I think. Uh, Top Gear falls to a new ratings low. Uh, At the moment, that happy story, the Down syndrome boy wins the race with a lot of help from his mates at school. It's the most touching story you'll ever read. All of that and the club killer who says, I'm an Islamic soldier. Not anymore, you're not. Uh, you will be voting on Thursday. And what the girls said of the ecstasy pills, they're just sweeties. Thank you very much indeed. Ian, for sending me the, uh, the m and link. They do a tomahawk steak. Um, it says, ready to collect in five days. Whatever happened to sort of just buying something normally? It was quite nice, actually, but it is £25, and it's an Aberdeen Angus bone-in ribeye steak, hand-trimmed and matured for 28 days. That sounds very exciting, doesn't it? I quite, I quite like that idea. But then, actually, my friend Stuart at Sandy's, uh, they do, just specifically for my producer this morning, they do Australian grass-fed steaks, and they taste awesome. Wow. Well, there you go. I'm heading for you today, Stuart, in Sandy's. Australian grass-fed steaks. They taste well. If he says they taste good, and he's fairly fussy about his uh, his food, so uh, save save me one for later, and I shall pop in and see you. And uh, you can order as well. Uh, Lee says on the he sent me a Tommy Bahama's link because my Tommy Bahama's link. I've said to you before. I've tried to order shirts on numerous occasions. They normally sell D H uh, sell them uh, send them D H L which, as you know, we've got friends at DHL, thank goodness, and uh, we can normally go and collect those up at Heathrow. But I've not been able to access... I can access the site, I can click on and order the shirts, and then when it gets to the final bit, paying for them, I can't do it at all. So I'm going to try your link today, Lee, and see if your one works, because there must be something the matter with my one. There must be something missing from it, but it's it's beginning to drive me completely barking mad. So I shall try it later on, because I'm missing my shirts. I'm missing my shirts. Uh, Steve says, Eddie, it's very funny. For the first time, I had... Avocado on toast with a drizzle of chilli sauce. I had it in a nice little deli in Barnes. It's the latest thing to have, isn't it? It's the latest thing to have. Avocado on toast. And then Marmite and avocado, especially New Zealand Marmite, which is quite different. If you like Marmite, I'll send you a jar. It says Todd in Teddington. And uh, somebody else says, thank you for introducing me to uh, Tommy Bahamas. I bought about five shirts off eBay for about 20 quid each and as new. And uh, he says, yes, I'm not sure. I mean, they they, they sound as though they actually could be sort of uh, moody, which is sort of copies, I think. Uh, Steve, I do agree. The year is flying past like we're on an intercity train. Actually, I think we're going to have um, disruption on the railways. I think the RMT have uh, have called people out on strike. So that's not uh, that's not uh, brilliant, is it? And uh, Steve says bonfire night. I think we'll have a while to go till then. I bet you not. July, August, September, October, never four months, four months away. Well, sort of a little bit more than four months. But even so, I've still got two rockets from about four years ago, which I never actually got round to. Uh, And somebody said you should really throw them away. So I might actually have to do that. Jill says around 1960, the kids in my road in Carl Sholton used to get so excited when Cliff used to come and visit his grandmother, the place where he'd also lived. I've been a fan ever since. So there you go. And uh, my friend from Essex has six sons, all called Paul. I asked her how she calls them individually. She says, "I use their surnames." Front pages of the uh, the papers. We will uh, we will go through. Uh, Top Gear, as I say, has fallen to another new low. They're not bothered. They're not bothered by it. There were, were rumours circulating on the internet that the uh, BBC were going to axe the programme. They have no intention of axing it. They're spending nearly, you know, three quarters of a million pounds. ...on each programme. How it justifies it, I've got no idea. Uh, Two Emmerdale co-stars tie the knot in real life. It's a love story. We like that. And the story which you you will hear uh, earlier on this morning when I did it... ...was the story of the little boy in the school who's got Down syndrome. He's only 11. And um, they had their sports day. And the kids in the class decided they wanted him to win. They wanted him to get a medal... And so what they did, I mean, it's the most, it's so touching, apparently people are in tears and crying and all the rest of it, is that they, all the boys joined arms together and they ran, but they let him win. You know, isn't that, and there's a lovely picture of them all linking arms together so that they, they ran behind him, but they let him win the gold medal. They're only 11, only 11, it makes, you know... I, was, I used to host some concerts in London years ago, before the New Year's Day parade, and we'd have these bands in from America, these marching bands and orchestras, and the schools were fantastic. And the, the standard was unbelievable. I mean, really unbelievable. And I used to say at the end, you know, when you witness a concert like this, when you've got mus- musicians and people who put their heart and soul into it, it makes my heart drop when I sort of read the newspapers and you read about people behaving badly and people assaulting people and shooting people and knifing people, I said, and then you get this. I said, hopefully this is the future. And they always used to get a huge round of applause because you don't want to read nasty stories. We don't want to read about people dying on the streets of this country. I really don't. I don't want anything like that at all. So when you see something as simple as a little school and the 11-year-olds decide to let the boy win because he's got Down syndrome and it, it made his day... That's that 's what was the most perfect thing that 's why it doesn 't get any better that 's why we can smile and go do you know it isn 't all that bad. They used to say at the end of crime watch didn 't they you know don 't uh, don 't give yourself nightmares it 's not quite as bad as you as you think it dot eight eight, oh, uk, and uh, off today uh, Francis of Battersea, who says i 'm proud to be joining around one hundred black cab drivers who are taking two hundred plus military veterans to Worthing. For a day by the sea today. This is the work of the London Taxi Benevolent Fund. Wonderful drivers giving up their time. Yeah, we always give them a mention. Every year we mention... I like the military veterans going... And then there's all the uh, the children who go as well at another time. And uh, I think Jeff Riesel is involved with that one. And they go down there and they take all the kids down. They've got balloons and everything else. So 200 military veterans. Doesn't get any better than that, does it, ladies and gentlemen? Makes you cry sometimes. Because you think they probably don't have the best quality of life. But they should do. Because uh, they gave their yesterdays for our tomorrows. And, uh, and they just do it so well, don't they? I, I like seeing the Chelsea pensioners. I like seeing people at the Remembrance Day service. And I like seeing people at the Cenotaphs and uh, on all the other events which they, they put out to. Because that's what they do. That's what they've got. They've got their memories. I spoke to a guy the other day who came into Paul's shop. And we were talking uh, just briefly about Bruce Forsyth, who's not very well at uh, the moment, and uh, and this man uh, used to tour with Bruce in a show called I'm in Charge. Now, all I can tell you is, this is where I might get it wrong, his name could be Tito... And I know that he sings all sorts of songs. He was a singer and he toured with Bruce for lots and lots of uh, time. And Bruce is still in contact with him. So if anybody can help me out with his name, that would be very useful because I can't remember. I met him yesterday. He's a man who could be in his 70s by now, I would think. And he toured with, uh, with Bruce. They, they did all the, the big theatres and Bruce did his act. Uh, but it was Bruce's catchphrase at the time, which was, I'm in charge and this man... Uh, had some great memories. So we had, a, we had a nice chat, but I can't remember his name. Somebody might need to do me a little bit of research on that one to find out. But he toured in this show. Steve says, Philip, when they say meat has been allowed to mature for 28 days, they're letting it rot for that long. How long can they do it before it's unsafe to eat? I don't know. I saw a thing about aged meat now. It hangs in somewhere, doesn't it? And uh, and I'm not sure if they coat it with something. I'm not sure if they actually coat it with with something before... Uh, they they then can put it out as being twenty eight days old, you know. I, I don't I don't quite understand how that works. Somebody have to explain the aging of meat. But twenty eight. See, I always think if it's been aged for twenty eight days, that's uh, that's actually good. I think that's it's supposed to be better. But how they age it, I've got no idea. I really got no idea. I wish I knew actually. I wish I knew, but uh, but uh, but I don't. If anybody can explain that one to me. But I'd definitely like to hear who this person is who used to sing for, for Bruce Forsyth. That would, be, that would make my day today if we can get that in before the end of the programme. Uh, when ordering online, apparently sometimes it depends on the browser whether you can check out or not. It might not work with Internet Explorer, but it will work on Google Chrome or f- Firefox, says John. Uh, well, I've ordered before, actually. In fact, I've ordered loads of times. And so uh, I might have to do some updates on the computer, I suppose. Avocado and bacon sandwich, says Michael. I've had avocado and bacon, but this is this is specifically avocado sliced on toast. Seriously. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. And, uh, yes, yeah, so, Leah, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm checking on that one now to see whether or not I can order from Tommy Bahamas. If not, they'll just need to fly everything over to me. I'll pick out the stuff and then they can fly back home again. It's 6:15. Uh, it's LBC News Time. The latest headlines for you this morning, Rupert Bartia. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I oh, so want you to hear these conversations. Uh 18 minutes past 6 now. Phil Vickery tells me about this um this ribeye. The Australian grass-fed ribeyes are very, very good indeed, plus they're grain-fed. Is also very good. See, is ribeye the bit that's go? You see, I like a fillet steak because it's just a little piece of steak without any bits in it that I need to cut round. But perhaps I need to sort of, you know, uh, try uh, something else. So I, I, anybody can cook, says Phil. Pfft, you're not seeing me. I'm totally useless. I mean, really, I could stand there and just stare into the distance. Anyway, when it comes to aged... Aged meat. Phil says no coatings. You just hang it up and leave it in a temperature controlled area. Some are matured in vacpack bags, but that's not dry aged. If you mature meat at, say, two centigrade, you just slow down the maturing process, then the moisture evaporates at a slower pace I've lost the will to live. I've lost the world to live on that one. But that's how it's done. It's 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 sort of hung up, isn't it? that's why you need to give them notice. They've got to go presumably go and get it out. So it's in temperature-controlled area, but I might try this Australian grass-fed ribeye. Depends how expensive it is, I suppose. I mean, I, I, I'm not generally that that bothered about how much something costs, provided I like it. Provided I like it. We did all right, didn't we, in the uh, in the football yesterday? A draw, nil-nil. That was very exciting. Wales did well. Wales did well. Uh, and Rob says, I used to be a, a butcher. We didn't coat the meat for the 28 days aged beef. It was hung in the fridge for that time. Right, right. Now I know. Now I know. Uh, and Rob says, beef is pretty clean, so you can eat it rare and even raw. Yeah, I've eaten, I've eaten raw, raw beef, actually. Pork, for example, isn't and would spoil before 28 days. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, Ian says, they age meat by getting cattle to watch England games. That is so cruel. So cruel, (laughs) but probably quite true at the same time. So uh, now you know what it is and now you know where it all comes from. And so um, Stuart, trying to cheer the producer up is like trying to get him to ride a pogo stick. I mean, honestly, uh, I did say to him this morning a minute ago, I said, uh, because he always asks It's always always a question, isn't it? So I go, are you working tomorrow? You know, just being social and sort of passing a few minutes. And uh, he said, "Uh, why? And it's always it's always confrontational. It's always confrontation. It's never sort of, yes, I'm going to be working with you tomorrow, Steve. I'm really looking forward to it. Said in that funny little accent. But uh, it's always, why? You know, if if he comes in in the morning, he goes, morning! And I go, morning. He goes, what's the matter? And I go, nothing. Why? He goes, I don't know. You just looked at me funny. And it'd be something, you know, it's, it's, it's such an, ins- it's an insecurity, really. I don't, I don't know where it comes from. Probably his parents, I should imagine, after they abandoned him in a papoose basket somewhere by the side of the river with the rushes. And uh, he floated off down the river and was picked up by the raggle-taggle gypsies. I don't know. I've got no idea. No idea and care, precious little. I just know we have to put up with him in the morning, which is OK. I don't, you know, I don't have sort of too much of a problem. Apparently, if the meat is aged 28 days, what would be the best before date? Would that be suspended until the meat is sold? Don't confuse us. Seriously, I, I, don't need, uh, I don't need to know things like that. Mainly because I can't. I'm, I'm just not uh, particularly good. I do watch sell-by dates. I'm, I'm possibly the most cautious person on sell-by dates. Uh, Bison Steak is lovely. Yes. Uh, Tito Burns. No, it's not Tito Burns. He might have been... Oh, Could his name have been Tito? Might have been Tito somebody. He's a singer, though. That's all I can tell you. He's a singer. And he toured with Bruce Forsyth, and that's as much as I know. If <laughs> anything else I'd love to go. I'd probably have to find out for my uh, for myself. Should we go through front pages of the papers? I love the adverts that they're, they're putting up on the television recently. It's for, don't let these people win the lottery. The latest one is James Blunt. You know, they always go, don't let him win the lottery. And I, I quite like that. Because most of them I've agreed with, actually. Uh, Cliff Richard, front of the mail today. I feared the lies would kill me. He's been through a lot. And uh, listening to this programme... Made him feel a bit better about himself, because he was up in the early hours of the morning. When you're up, you're wandering about, you don't know what to do, you don't want to watch television, you don't want to do anything else, so you flip round the radio dial, and lo and behold, he comes across uh, LBC and he listens to me. Uh, according to a report in the Mail as well today, uh, women have dozens of bras, but wear only two. It's a bit like men, isn't it? Men have got outfits that they like, and, uh, and they're, they're just comfortable. It's like I've got certain jeans that I feel comfortable in. I keep meaning every year to buy myself some cashy trousers, to ca- and then I keep thinking, I don't know, I'm not sure I'm going to look very good in in cashy trousers. So I, I stick to jeans and then and then different shirts. Once I've sorted out the Tommy Bahamas link, I'll be fine. Just at the moment, it's very frustrating that I can't can't seem to order anything. I have eaten the bison. No, I haven't eaten the bison steak, but we did have a lava stocks. Uh, farm shop which is closed in Twickenham and they did bison steaks as well and uh, Eve says, you're very wicked your producer, I'm almost feeling sorry for him please, please God don't feel sorry for him seriously, God feels sorry for him his parents feel sorry for him his friend feels sorry for him you know, that's, that's the way it gets he doesn't have a lot, seriously I'm possibly his only friend in radio I'm the only person who talks. Everybody else just takes him for granted. And so, I mean, sometimes i have come in in the morning. I don't want to make a big deal about it because it sounds silly. He's been in tears. He's been in tears. We've had a lot of a lot, lot heart-rending. Oh, Steve, you know, can I confide in you? No. And uh, we get all this kind of thing. I, I sort of bring him a little bit of food every so often because it's the first time he's probably actually touched Marks & Spencer's food. And, uh, you know, because up until now, he's, he's probably tried to find some little Australian shop somewhere where it's overpriced rubbish. And so when I bring him in food, he it, 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 it clasps it with both hands. It's almost... It's almost touching in the extreme. It's, it's, it almost wrenches it out of my hand, actually. I've had to sort of sometimes wrestle it back and go, no, that's not for you. Yours is that one. The past its sell-by date cheaper version with buy two for a pound on. I'm not, not going to risk giving decent fruit. Ridiculous. But I, I'm, I, I like to think of myself as a caring presenter. I like to care about him, but only through a social worker or somebody like that and with full permission of the police. Otherwise, I'm really not interested. Are millions of you taking statins needlessly... I've got no idea. I do take statins. It says cutting your cholesterol doesn't always reduce heart attack risk. I wish they'd stop talking about it. As I get a little bit older, you start panicking about, you know, they say so-and-so was fine one day, and it's like if somebody says to me, oh, you look really well, you think, oh, don't say that. Because you can always guarantee the next day might not make it. Uh, The new James Bunt lottery ad is very funny, says Jill. They should do Eamon Holmes. Oh, that's a bit cruel, isn't it? Because people like Eamon. Eamon likes Eamon. <laughs> uh, 84850, stevenlbc.co.uk. And uh, another one here. This, uh, this, uh, this fine mess, the uh, the driver in the roadside legal victory thing, is actually quite interesting because he uh, he, uh, he thought he was right. It was a sign that says, accept buses, coaches, taxis and cyclists. And he took it to court. It's an illegal sign. It's in Bristol. And he won. But it's cost him a small fortune to go to court over it. But then, if you believe in something, you know, why not go for it? Goodness sake, that's so much better, isn't it? Uh, There's an oligarch's ex who wants half of his uh, fortune. Heading for the British court. I've got no idea why the British court. I suppose because they're a bit more lenient. And um, he's got £9 You can understand why she wants... Four and a half billion of that. That's a... Imagine being... All of a sudden having a divorce rating so much. You go into the court and they go, well, we found out how much he's got. He has got uh, 10 billion. And we're awarding you five. Lovely. Lovely. And uh, thank you. We have done the... um, We have done the difference between a buffalo and a bison. Yeah. You can't wash your hands in a buffalo... He's doubled up in laughter at that. Seriously, honestly. He's never heard that joke before. It's so it's so lovely actually. He attempted to try and tell me an Australian joke the other day, and to be honest with you, I'd lost the will after about five seconds. Uh, George Galloway, oh, he's come a cropper, hasn't he? He's to pay his former aide a five figure sum in damages after he yesterday withdrew claims she'd slept with her policeman lover at his home. The ex MP apologised to uh, Alsha Ali Khan over the comments and the allegations she'd run a dirty tricks brigade. Uh, she began libel proceedings at the High Court. He came seventh, of course, in last month's London Mayoral Elections. He didn't attend court, but a statement was read by his lawyer. He could have gone, actually. He could have gone quite easily, but he he chose not to. And um, she'd not slept with the officer. Uh, She'd not been feeding disinformation or discreet uh, deceit to national newspapers or acted as a police agent. So he's apologised and had to pay money. About time, isn't it, really? The picture you will love today, the only picture you're going to like in the papers... Well, actually, there's a couple... There's one of uh, Joe Cox and the MPs all turning to look at the seat that she would have been sitting in had she still been alive and they put uh, two roses on it. Uh, at the moment, the Downs boy won the sports day gold with a little help from his friends. Really, I mean, really, that is just a super thing to do. That school should be very proud today, very proud today. Uh, the sun let us, before, let us in before you vote out. Illegal storm ferry port to the UK. Cliff, my torment. I lay on the floor in floods of tears. Uh, What does Taylor see in Tom? Big question is, who on earth wears pants like that? Presumably they must have just been bought for the occasion. Supermarket bills up £580 a year if we leave, says the Mirror. Cliff, I just wept. Why would anybody hate me so much? England's still in Europe, for now. And the story on the Daily Star, the Big Brother star and the premier Aces sex tape. It really is a sad, tawdry tale of, uh, of two people who absolutely deserve each other. One who's in the, uh, the Big Brother thing because apparently she thinks she's famous... They might as well stick any old dog in there at the moment. Laura Carter is seen romping with a Premier League footballer. It's set to go online while she's inside the house. The raunchy video is so hot, it's already attracted a £10,000 bid. From whom? I can't imagine why anybody would want to see anything like that at all. Of course, we'll find out, no doubt, over the next few days who the uh, Premiership footballer is. It's always footballers, isn't it? Uh, was it Tino Valdi, Italian singer? Do you know, it might be. It might be. Can you send me a link to what he looks like? I have to Tino Valdi. I might have to write that down, actually. The things I've got to do. Uh, listen, just about it this morning. I've got uh, Warwick Davis to talk to this morning. He's coming in to talk to one of my colleagues on another radio station, and then he's coming in to do me for In Conversation, which we will run this weekend, mainly because we like him and also. Uh, we're going to be running Ray Liotta as well this weekend. It's a great interview. Seriously, it's a very, very good interview. Ray Liotta has got a new series coming up on Sky you will not want to miss. Beautifully shot. Beautifully shot. He's uh, he's cop. He's cop. But what sort of cop is he? You'll find out in our uh, conversation. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Producer will be here as well. That'll be great fun, won't it? We'll all be looking forward to that part of the day. And uh, I'll be here from four until six. You can follow me on Twitter at Steve Allen Show at Steve Allen Show. And uh, I'll keep you informed with anything else. And don't forget, tomorrow is the day that the Cliff Richard interview, which will air, I think, about 1230 on ITV done by Gloria over the weekend, edited uh, yesterday. And uh, they've given bits out to the media. So they've they've managed to put the story together from that. But you will need to see the whole interview to realize uh, exactly what Cliff Richard went through. You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are, download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet, and never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at seven, it's Nick Ferrari at breakfast, but coming up now, it's Lisa Aziz with the morning news. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.